Hello and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joey Grunwell, here with Ron, nickname Kluinski. How are you doing, sir? All right, that was good. That's fine. Thanks. I'll accept it. I'm I'm okay. And Paul, nickname Groskov. I, I I love how close we've become that we can <laughs> we can use such specific <laughs> nicknames with one another. I never realized until this point that you both had the same nickname. What a fool I have been. <laughs> um we're a little giggly. I don't know what, what is going on with us. Um but we do have a lot to talk about. This week we're talking about our favorite video game cover art and we should clarify that we're not talking about the best video game because it's not objective this is just video game cover art that we love um we're going to do about five each we have some backups in case we breeze through them a little quickly we'll probably have another episode in the future because i think we all found that there was a lot of video game art uh cover art out there that we loved um but before that we have so much fucking news to talk about because holy shit what a week for news. Um, the first thing, I thought this was a big, this is the beginning of the week. I thought this was a big news. I, I was like, we're going to talk forever about this. And now I'm like, this is bottom of the list. But um, Mark Cerny, the lead architect of the PlayStation systems, uh, patented, uh, on I think it was January 6th, um, submitted a patent for backwards compatibility, uh, a backwards compatibility method for us you know presumably the playstation 5 and back last year last summer sony held a um it was supposed to be their gdc talk but they held they they posted a video i think it was last year no no the summer before no 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 yeah it was last summer it was last summer before the playstation came out something called road to playstation 5 and it was like an hour-long discussion about the playstation 5 hardware and capabilities and it was like super technical um, lots of you know little stuff about read disc read speeds and all these things but one of the things that people pulled out of it because again it was a lot of technical stuff it was meant for developers but one of the things people pulled out of it put pulled out out of it was this slide that showed a graphic of the playstation 5 and it was about backwards compatibility and on the graphic that filled in the playstation 5 there were only two slots filled and it was playstation 4 and playstation 4 pro and then there were what seemed to be other slots available that were left blank. And people jumped on that and said, is there going to be backwards compatibility for other PlayStation generations? Um, Sony, of course, didn't comment about it. They said they had no plans. But this patent filing seems to suggest that maybe it was an issue with emulation or like getting these older games to run. And so now the theory of course is that this might mean that we're going to get full backwards compatibility on the playstation 5 are we excited i'm excited about this how do you guys feel about it i'm excited as long as you can use discs i do not want to have to buy these games again that's my main concern if you bought them on previous well because like i'm wondering if it's going to be like a playstation store thing where the playstation store they had for ps3 which had playstation 1 2 3 and vita games what if it's like that? Would that be because like then if you purchase them in the past, maybe you'd still have access to them? No, because I have a lot of physical games that I would have yeah. rather put in than to pay five dollars to ten dollars per game because I don't want to do that again. 
I mean, and, and, and the Xbox, like, you know, you could just pop the disc in and it works, you know, well, depending on what the, whatever the list is, like 90% complete or whatever it is. Right. But that just works. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, sh- I'm sure they could do it, even if it's just a license thing, you're downloading, you know, the game files or whatever. I I would I thought that too, but then I was like, man, but they they used weird discs. Like the PlayStation Two had those like blue discs. PlayStation just, One had the black discs. It should still read it. It's a disc's a disc. Like the mm. only the only thing about it, like was the copy protection. Like the the PlayStation One had like the little wobble track in the beginning. Like as long as right. you read that wobble track, that's all it needs for that. So, hmm. mm. Paul, what do you think? I'm thrilled by this. I mean, yeah, I I agree. I would ideally like. To, Cause I, I kept so many of my, my older games and, um, have even more, you know, like I'm thinking of my PlayStation two games that I would, I would be moving out to Lincoln if I knew that I could put them into, you know, something. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm thrilled by this idea. Cause yeah, there's so many, so many games I'd love to go back to. Um, and yeah, it, I mean, it would suck if I had to buy them again at the store, but I, I, Sorry, I would too. Shh, don't yeah, don't tell I them. Would. Don't tell them yet. Don't tell <laughs> I, okay. them. Okay, I'm sorry. So no, I won't do it. <laughs> not 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 at all. They, 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 this winking. is not a this yeah. is not a video podcast. They they can't see that. Well, I don't want Sony to know, but I want you guys, you know, to... <laughs> coded message. Um, yeah, I would rebuy them too. I do I do think that it would be amazing if they allowed for physical discs because, like you, Ron, I also have a pretty big collection. But I'm also thinking of all those people that probably had big collections because they could play them on their PlayStation 3 and then there was no backwards compatibility on the PlayStation 4. So they were like, I guess I'll sell them. Imagine selling your physical collection and then Sony's like, by the way, with the PlayStation 5, you can play all those old discs. I, I can see they would probably being... people, And people would probably sell their PS5s because like, fuck you. <laughs> Maybe, uh, well, not right now. I don't, well, they could probably get oh, a, yeah. a pretty could, penny for them. Yeah, they could probably. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, the ideal situation is they offer both the ability to yeah. pop a disc in or purchase them, um, because then I'm sure people would would purchase them even if they have the disc. Or what if you have the disc and it doesn't run because it's scratched or something? So I think the I mean, the the hard part with like if they go straight purchase, like that library is going to be probably so limited because it's all relicensing stuff. I would imagine. Which yeah, it would be well, a lot I of think, like greatest hits type stuff. I think a lot of that was with the Xbox too, was like renegotiating all that stuff with the Xbox backwards compatibility. I think yeah. there was still licensing issues and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that was the message when they stopped when they when they stopped doing that, which was recent. I think they said something like, "We've reached the limits of what we can negotiate and get licenses for and stuff." So, but yeah, with the disc, I don't know that they would need that because it's just it's just the disc like they don't need to you know renegotiate unless it was like when they signed the contract it was for that specific hardware and nothing else sort of thing you know yeah, i could see could that be. being and i could see that being a dumb fine print thing on a, a license well, yeah but the playstation 3 had full backwards compatibility so it could have been future proofed true yeah they could have something along those lines I would be super excited to to see um, maybe some like much like um, I'm thinking of, for example, like The Witcher 2, you know, that a port of it came out for the Xbox 360 and the Xbox 360 really struggled to run it. Um, But 
um replaying it like on the um the series x like it actually runs way more beautifully and they're like the oh, textures wow. are way more crisp and like the the frame rate and everything is like way smoother and it would be it would be so cool to see if like depending on how they end up going about it if we're we're, we're getting to maybe experience some of these older titles with like a little bit more you know polish um and, and and like experience them in a way that even you know when they originally came out we weren't necessarily enjoying them so yeah, well, I don't know if awesome. I don't know if y'all have looked into emulation at all, but there's some uh, PlayStation One emulators. I forget, I forgot the name of it right now, uh, but it actually has like upscaling and like AI like upscaling like and retexturing and stuff like that, where it'll actually like you know like sometimes when you're like like to say Tomb Raider, like when you're standing next to the wall, like the geometry is kind of like fucked up. This mm-hmm. actually like fixes it and makes it like. Mm how it's supposed to be instead of like making it look like it's like turning as it's getting closer to you Oh, cool! and like supposed to like fix some like a lot of like the clipping issues with it and all that stuff. It's fucking insane. Like how far that has come and that's free. So yeah, I was going to say, cause the PlayStation three had some of that. It had like anti-aliasing and mm-hmm. upscaling, but it wasn't super noticeable. Um, but yeah, I mean the PlayStation Five is pretty powerful, so I don't know what it w- that it would go as far as the AI stuff you're talking about, Ron. But I feel like it could probably it, it could probably do it because smoothly. I think I think the, the these emulators like will run on like last gen uh, like hard car um, video cards and stuff like that. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, I wonder if it would ruin some games though, because like with the N64 when they ported some of the N64 games for Switch, people are like man that fog actually served a function in the game and now it looks super weird that everything's so clear isn't that the the silent hill hd collection famously fuck that up oh no see i bought that i i I believe that was one of the things in uh gta san andreas it's the same thing yeah it's supposed to be it it makes the world look way smaller and less you know interesting (laughs) yeah yeah once Hmm. you get rid of all that stuff blessing and a curse um Speaking of Grand Theft Auto, kind of. Oh, hey, look at segue. <laughs> like that. Uh, take two. I love pointing out segues because it like then it totally ruins it. It's like what a good segue. <laughs> Especially when you start talking ruined. about it and like you lose the track of the story that you were talking about. Yeah, what and we, we just go about? on a tangent about segues. I bought take a segue two. the other day. Did you? <laughs> no. I thought those were out. Take two. <laughs> owner I'm and bringing publisher. them back. <laughs> take two. Owner and publisher of Rockstar and Take Two. 2022. I bought one for each leg, actually. I can hang on to both of them. <laughs> they bought Zynga. For $12 million. Who bought Zynga? Billion. What? Sorry, $12.7 billion. Yeah, That's take two. Crazy. Owner and publisher of Rockstar and 2K Games. Um, oh, already segue. a pretty massive publisher, yeah. Um, bought developer Zynga, famed mobile developer of Farmville uh, and Scrabble. other games. What was it? <laughs> Words with Scrabble? friends. Oh, words with friends. Scrabble. Um, for twelve point seven billion, which cool. was this at that point in time, I think the second biggest video game acquisition in history. This is from IGN, by the way, and it was like, wow, what a huge purchase! Like, and when you actually looked at, I was listening to the uh, Games Industry Up his podcast about it, and they'd been talking about how like Zynga has been you know kind of sloppy with their investments and their stock has been dropping for a long time so i guess it makes sense it's not like as big of a get as it would have been like 10 years ago or something but it's still huge and then and then and then i woke up yesterday was it i think i think it was yesterday i woke up 
early to feed my cat. I made the stupid mistake of like, I'm going to go back to sleep, but I'm just quickly going to glance at my phone. And I see that Microsoft has acquired or is in the process of acquiring Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. So just a reminder that $12.7 billion was the second biggest video game acquisition of all time. This one is $68.7 billion fucking dollars. Um, Disney paid $7.4 billion for Pixar, $4 billion for Lucasfilm, including all the Star Wars stuff, and $4 billion for Marvel. So if you combine those three massive Disney purchases, you still have far less than Microsoft just paid for this company. And those were like widely talked about. Like people that, you know, don't necessarily follow film were like, oh hey, did you hear Disney bought Star Wars or Disney bought Marvel? Like those were big news deals. And Microsoft just comes out and it's a also, by the way, it's a cash deal. The Take Two purchase of Zynga was like one of those complicated things where it's like some cash you know, they're buying out stocks, they're giving them stocks from that. Like, no, Microsoft just said, like, let me check my pockets. <laughs> $68.7 billion for Activision Blizzard. Um, Phil Spencer tweeted, as a company, Microsoft is committed to our journey for inclusion in every aspect of gaming among both employees and players. We deeply value individual studio cultures. We also believe that creative success and autonomy go hand in hand with treating every person with dignity and respect. We hold all teams and all leaders to this commitment, which I think is a hint at the question about all of the controversy that we've been talking about with Activision Blizzard. But let's step back and just like in general, what did you guys what do you guys think about this when you heard about it? Fucking nuts. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what I thought about. Um, that's cr- it's crazy. Like, and it came out of nowhere too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there was no like, oh, you know, like there was no like Activision's looking to you know sell or anything like that. Like, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, why would they? Like, they've. I mean, okay. Well, Granted, I mean, I can see stocks, why now. Right. Right. Yeah. They're definitely in hot water, and their their stocks have also been struggling over the last year. Their games aren't selling as well as they used to. They don't have the reputation that they used to, but still, they're still massive. Call of Duty is still always in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Like, what a huge fucking get, Paul. What did you think about this? Yeah. It is massive, and also it's just making me wonder if this is like Microsoft's plan moving forward to just you know sort of buy their their advantage in in terms of like developers. Like the Bethesda acquisition was so huge, and now now this, which you know by comparison, you know, but that that was a big a big deal at the time, but this completely blows that out of the water. And like, um, yeah, as far as like you know investing in exclusives um it seems like like microsoft is uh, not fucking around <laughs> Do, yeah and- because they did say that um, activision blizzard games would be coming to game pass day one so a- after a certain period so like i can't imagine they're not going to make some of those exclusives is call of duty going to be exclusive like that I, that's I don't, huge yeah. i mean that's that's true yeah, like that's the thing is like I, I was like, there was a quote somewhere about like the future of like cross platform stuff, but I'm mean, like I can't I can't see the benefit of them making that Xbox exclusive, like a Call of Duty game. I mean maybe Xbox PC, but like there's still a lot of people that play on PS4 and PS5, especially after the like last generation. Yeah. Um, 
Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess the incentive of it being on Game Pass, like, you don't have to pay the $60 or $80. You just get it right away sort of thing for 15 bucks a month sort of thing. I could see that being an incentive to maybe do it exclusive. But But at um, some point, that business model has to fall through, like, it costs so much money to make the call of duty games which come out yeah. every single year yeah. and if and you're right like that would like what a that would definitely get people to go to game pass if you were thinking about buying a new platform which people haven't a lot of people haven't been able to get playstation 5 or xbox yeah. series x's and you're like oh but my favorite game call of duty which i buy every year i could pay 70 dollars on playstation or i can get it for free quote unquote free yeah. on xbox you know, along with all of these other games, all the Bethesda games coming out that are going to be exclusive, like that is such a huge draw. But at what point does the well run dry? Like Microsoft can't be making that much money off subscri- subscriptions that they're able to sink these tens and hundreds of millions of dollars into developing these games just to get people to sign up, right? Like, yeah, especially well, like where they have like you know five teams working on these games like year on you know, every other year, like, you know, these yeah. two teams are working on this and then these two teams are working on this one concurrently. Like that's, that's a lot, like that's a lot of money and time and, and they already just paid seven, 70 billion. So. Yeah. But also like their plans for game pass are pretty ambitious. Like they were like, I think they're hoping to potentially, if not expanding it onto like Sony consoles, like to expand it in other places. And like, yeah, I don't know. Cause it's, yeah, it, as you say, it's a lot of money on the table, but like, yeah, yeah that that's a, a pretty powerful, you know, compelling reason to get game pass for a lot of players. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but th- Wow, yeah, that certainly seems like an option, especially in our moment when, like, not a lot of people, you know, like, consoles are scarce, you're you're making choices, I don't know, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, right now, Xbox is, like, you can find them at stores, you know, like, those those pop up as opposed to PS5s. Uh, actually, I meant to check Target the other day just to kind of see if there was one in there. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, we're just talking about, no, I was just looking to see, because I saw the fridge. Mm-hmm. I saw the fridge in stock. <laughs> I, I was trying to talk to Andrew. I'm like, we need a mini fridge. Yeah, huh? I I'm, swear, if you get that mini friz, fridge before you get an Xbox Series X, <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it only holds 12 cans. So it's like, that's dumb. That's not worth it. When you can get 12. like a regular mini fridge for like $20 more. So 12 teraflop cans. Do you um, guys think that Game Pass is going to come to the KFC console? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you'll play Call of Duty and make delicious fried chicken. On, well, <laughs> on we, we are just talking about Call of Duty, but like they also have Diablo, Overwatch, yeah. Starcraft, World of yeah. Warcraft. Like, they, yeah. I don't think that's going to be... At least those franchises right now are probably not going to be exclusive. Right. But, but at least like PC and Xbox, like they might just, I could see them certainly like StarCraft, right? And like um, other such franchises, like yeah, those will, those will always still be on PC. Like they're they're not going to get rid of the PC, but like, man, I I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. Like I could see the Bethesda stuff going console exclusive, but yeah, Call of Duty, man, like that's it's a big game. Yeah, also too, like about... a lot. Of, I was gonna say a lot of people play the the free Warzone too. So it's a free to play game. Right. Like that's 
That's a lot of money to be wasting too right there. Yeah, I mean, to your point, they didn't make Minecraft exclusive. That was a huge purchase, which at the time, again, $2.5 billion they paid for Minecraft, which seemed astronomical at the time, um, but has paid off immensely for them because of the in-game sales. Mm-hmm. So it's on all these platforms and gives all of these people the opportunity to pay 3 and $4 for skins and stuff like that. And Not they've me. made billions of dollars mm-hmm. for it. So. Um, and then, yeah, they paid $7.5 billion for Bethesda. I remember way back in the day, they paid $375 million for Rare, and that seemed like a huge deal. Um, and that's probably paid off with even just like Sea of Thieves and... Li- licensing you know, stuff. Yeah. Like, all that stuff, like, would have, that would have probably paid off. I mean, fuck, especially too, when you think about it, it was only $375 million. Like... <laughs> Right, but at the time, it was I, like two thousand, I think it was. So it was like three. It was like no, three trillion dollars. It was. It was. It was more than. It was. It wasn't that long ago. Two thousand three. Shit. Yeah, it was during the GameCube era because Star Fox Adventures. Oh yeah, that's right. Came out like I think during or after, shortly after. So and Rare made a couple of games for the Game Boy Advance, I think. Um, while while Microsoft purchased them, so you'd boot up your Game Boy Advance, and it would be like Microsoft. O two, yeah. Oh, there was also the Halo Game Boy Advance for Game Boy Advance. Was there? I believe there was a Halo for Game Boy Advance. Wasn't ah, there? what the hell? That's crazy. Um, but what about so like? So I, I'm seeing thing. A lot of people are talking about what this means for Sony. And talking about like a monop- monopoly and antitrust stuff, I don't think that that's Microsoft would have to scoop up so much more for them to be close to being a monopoly. But I do think that it's interesting. I was thinking about their other their purchase of Bethesda and how at first it seemed so shocking, and then I was like, well, Bethesda is historically a PC developer, and then they switched over to console and they had a close relationship with Microsoft because they were publishing on the Xbox, so it like made sense. And then I think about Activision Blizzard and kind of the same thing. A lot of Blizzard's game in particular are PC oriented um, and probably didn't do that well or didn't do as well on PlayStation platforms. So then I'm like, well, it kind of does make sense. And it's a big American developer. I'd be more shocked, I think, if Microsoft snapped up like Square Enix or Sega or someone like that. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I think they they have, they made an offer to Nintendo. I want to say it was around same thing around 2000 and reportedly Nintendo legitimately laughed at them <laughs> and said, "Yeah, no, no thanks." <laughs> um, but now it's like well, how much must must they have offered Nintendo? Yeah. You know what I mean? How much could would could, would they pay? Like if Nintendo legitimately was like, "Oh, you'd pay that much for Activision Blizzard, how much do we think Nintendo would get from them or could get from from then or now? Now, if Nintendo heard heard the sirens call of of money from this purchase and realized that they're worth far more than Activision Blizzard, I I would say at least three to four times more. At least two hundred billion, two fifty. At least because the hardware. You're right. I was just yeah. thinking that too. That's and that's a, there's, a big they're difference. They're still selling tons of hardware. Yeah. Yeah. And what about the last thing we should touch on is, of course, the controversy that we've been covering. Um, so Activision Blizzard has been heavily criticized for their toxic culture, 
um, sexual harassment accusations all around. Bobby Kotick, giant piece of shit. Um, the reports are now. So the the reason I read that quote from Phil Spencer is that it seemed to sort of like politely and cordially nod to like we're gonna clean house once we get this company. Um, he also tweeted something like, I don't remember the exact tweet, I, but it I, was, I, I got it right here. The okay, the, the interview. Uh, the uh, Phil Spencer. Uh, Xbox has changed some things about working with Activision. Head of Xbox, uh, Phil Spencer, noted in an interview to the New York Times that some things about the relationship of Xbox and Activision Blizzard have changed, although no, no clear details as to what that is. Now we know. Right. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, but like he tweeted something like... Oh, there was um, a tweet too. I missed the tweet. Yeah, no, that, that, that was, no, that was very recent. He tweeted something like, you know everyone will will be reporting to me he says something like we're going to continue to work independently until the acquisition goes through but once it does everyone will report to me and that seems to be like a shot at kodak in a way of like he will no longer be a shot at kodak do you think Um, they're giving him the opportunity to step down before that happens do you think that I, they're like pushing his hand like you should just resign right now before this deal goes through? Otherwise, we're going to fire you. I, I hope so. I really hope that I, I understand. I've, I've seen a couple of people on Twitter reporting that like Microsoft legally can't say anything like they can't come out and be like taking the trash out. You know what I mean? They can't come out and say anything <laughs> negative about anyone, <laughs> unfortunately. And I do understand that. But like. You know, I would, I would, I think it would be a statement to say that Microsoft, again, they would po- probably politely put it and say like parted ways with or let go of Bobby Kotick rather yeah. than after the acquisition, Bobby Kotick took, took the opportunity to retire or something or resign. That would, that would soften it too much for me, but that's probably what's going to happen. I would guess. <laughs> Phil Spencer fights Bobby Kotick <laughs> in, in an underground kickboxing tournament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> celebrity deathmatch speaking of <laughs> speaking of mtv shows from back in the day <laughs> um, yeah 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 um keep a yeah keep a even keel phil um i will kill bobby Connick. <laughs> <laughs> your soul is mine <laughs> anyway um yeah I anyways hope he, i hope he goes yeah so yeah yeah, I Microsoft. I I know Microsoft is a big corporation. It's easy to be cynical about like they probably have their own problems, but they have done a lot over the last ten years to change their culture. Apparently, at least that's the way it seems. And they've been made. They've had a lot of initiatives about diversity and inclusion, and I'm sure they they probably still have work to do. But I really hope that they look at this as an opportunity to just like literally take the trash out. So. Because I hope it's not just Bobby Kotick either. I hope I hope we're going to see a wave. Normally, when these big mergers happen, layoffs are bad news. In this case, I think they're needed. I think yeah, oh yeah, there's for sure, certain, for sure, certain things that need to be chopped. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, LinkedIn uh, notifications for a lot of game development people. Yeah, and stuff like that. So, speaking of, I just tried to apply uh, to a job at Atlas West yesterday. I was so excited. It was for a um, localization producer and all of the qualifications like I met, it was like great communication skills, a degree in like English or communications, 
you know, if you have time, you know, studying or working with video games, I'm like, that's me. All of these qualifications I met. And then at the very bottom, it's like a business understanding of Japanese. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't end up applying. Um, I, well, I uploaded like my resume. I'd started the, the process. So uh, I'm, there's like a tiny bit of shred of hope that like someone's going to reach out and be like, hey, we saw your resume. You look perfect. I'm like, but I can't speak. And I'm like, no, it'll be, we'll, we'll teach you. You're, look, you're such a good candidate. Lesson one, konnichiwa. <laughs> <laughs> they send you Rosetta Stone in the mail. <laughs> oh, man, I would take it. I would take it. Um, but our last news item here is just kind of a dumb. We're just going to, we're not going to spend too much time on this, but Troy Baker, probably the most famous and produ- like not productive but let's, like, let's say productive. let's say currently famous Pro, prolif- prolific currently certainly prolific thank yeah. you yeah that's the word yeah because nolan um, north was the famous one before troy baker that's so. true yeah um but one of the most prolific voice actors one of the more famous probably highly paid voice actors in the world um tweeted his new partnership with an nft company so this is five days ago he he tweeted I'm partnering with Voice First NFT to explore ways where together we might bring new tools to create to new creators to make new things and allow everyone a chance to own and invest in the IPs they create. We all have a story to tell. You can hate or you can create. What'll it be? <laughs> and he got ratioed so hard. There's 11.8 thousand uh, comments. 13.3,000 retweets and only 2.5 thousand likes. Um, most of the comments, I, every comment that I went through was negative and like, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. This is a cash grab. NFTs are terrible for the economy, terrible for the environment. They're only making rich people richer. They're not empowering anyone to do jack shit. Um, and so then the next day, he tweeted a series of explanations question mark apologies question mark i don't know he says i always want to be a part of the conversation even if sometimes that finds me in the midst of a loud one appreciate y'all sharing your thoughts and giving me a lot to think about i'm just a storyteller out here trying to tell my story to whomever will hear and hoping i can help others to do the same sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i'm grateful there are those who are passionate about their stance and not only feel safe to express that but also have the means to do so. The hate create part might have been a bit antagonistic. Hope y'all will forgive me for that. Bad attempt to bring levity. Anyway, feel free to resume the conversation or not as you please. I appreciate those with truth showing it, those with support offering it, and those with anger doing their best to express with it. What a fucking stroke. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the part, he says... um, bad attempt to bring levity like you bring levity to situations that are like tense or already sort of tinged with some kind of like badness why did you feel the need to bring levity to that tweet did you know that it was going to stir up a shit show like was that was that it i was i was happy though that it got such a response because i saw it pretty early where it was like kind of even in terms of likes and comments and i was like oh man what if it's going to get like a ton of likes and like only a few people calling him out but nope it was picked up by other like plenty of people retweeting it video game industry people other voice actors tweeting things that were you know condemning it and in support of people condemning it but 
Yeah. And like, what what's guys... his, what's his, what's his role in it? Is it like, like you get to buy my voice sort of thing? Like, what is he trying? Like, what is, what is his connection with it? Like, good question. You could, you could buy me giving you a voicemail message to put on your phone. Like, <laughs> you own that now. Like, that's yours. Only, you know, five bitcoins for it or whatever. Like I'm Troy Baker. Ron's not home right now. Please leave a message after that. <laughs> Happy Be- birthday because- to Joey. <laughs> well, that's one of the things people were saying was like, imagine if you could, you know, buy this voice print from this character and then you can have them or this actor and then have them read your favorite books or like narrate your favorite games. And some of the voice actors were like, Yes, yeah, that sounds like such a great future for voice actors. Right. You'll never fucking work again. Like, why would yeah. like, a company would just buy your voice print then? And like, yeah, like why, for what, a, why would you a one that? a one time deal instead of getting like a licensing deal or yeah, you know, all that stuff. Like that lump sum that you're gonna get off the the bat after you know after the NFT company takes its cut. Like you're gonna get right. jack shit for that compared to you know getting an actual contract. Yeah, it's like there's a reason that the system that exists now is in place. It's because like they're being compensated for each of their performances, you know, like yeah, uh, which should be the case, you know. <laughs> um, well, and also let me just say, um, you know, just thinking rhetorically about um, the, his sort of non-apology, it's like he he takes this weird sort of posture of like what happened boy you know i'm coming in here to mediate i don't know how i found myself in this pickle um but mm-hmm. you know, i love the energy just keep up the conversation and you know i'm i'm mad with you guys you know like i i agree like we should find whoever i signed this <laughs> contract with anger when i signed it yeah right just so well, you know the, i used a weird... red pen <laughs> right well and yeah right yeah the angry i drew little devil horns on my signature um but uh the way too he was like oh and those of you who are so privileged and have the means mm-hmm. to express it's like oh okay so they're the bad guys right you know calling you out for your like predatory nft partnership it, yeah and it also sounds vaguely threatening like oh you should be you should feel lucky that you have the ability to condemn or to criticize people like what i don't i don't know it just the whole thing and i i love how he didn't say in the tweet anywhere that like and he hasn't tweeted since that was five days ago he, he didn't say anywhere that like i'm not going through with this or i've reconsidered or anything it was just like you've given me a lot to think about and that's part of the problem with nfts is that it's like only people who are into them are benefiting from them um, except for the people that are falling for them basically and thinking that this is a quick way to make money. I think that's what's catching a lot of people is people that have dreamed about kind of getting rich quick and missing out on certain trends. They're like, Oh, I'm here at the beginning. I'm here at the beginning of like, I think they probably are looking at something like, um, Bitcoin and saying, Oh, if I only would have gotten into Bitcoin earlier, I could be so rich. Cause there's a story of this person who bought a bunch of Bitcoin for cheap when it started. And now it's worth so much money. I think there are people that are looking at NFTs like that of like I got to get in at the, get in at the ground floor and start getting them while they're cheap but but the, the thing every is every indication that, is that, that they're not going to take off. That, well on top of that too that window already passed. Like yeah. That was like the first 2 weeks of NFTs. Like I don't know if like I've been I was following it for a while like watching like uh you know Twitter accounts and you know Instagram accounts and stuff like that and like the 
the price point for like, you know, the ones that were going for like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, like dropped considerably to like, they're going for like, you know, a thousand dollars by the same people. Like don't give a shit anymore because they realize like, Oh, this is the same thing just with a color, different color variation. Like what's so special about that. And so much of it is like, made so quickly like some like the nf i'm assuming is probably an nft the image that troy baker tweeted with that initial tweet is just like a a simple drawing of him um that like looks like someone made it for twitch like a twitch emote or something like not to not to put down digital artists um some i'm not putting down all digital artists but like not to put down digital artists that make you know pixel art or anything like that but it seems like people are mass producing quick and easy artwork for nfts like i'm just gonna quickly draw this character i'll draw a new character on a new I, character I, like i definitely seen some that look like like these are like people had like really like nice like art on instagram and like their nfts mm-hmm. are like literally something that they shit out in like you know five minutes or whatever right and they're trying to sell them for a bunch of money like it, it's basically the equivalent of taking like the avatar market on the playstation network in the PlayStation store and like making those NFTs. Cause that's essentially what some of them are like fucking joint smoking skull with an American flag bandana. That's a fucking NFT right there. Except I could buy it for 99 cents on the uh, PlayStation store. If I really yeah. wanted to. Well, and also, no. sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say what's even trickier with, with a lot of the examples I've seen, like you can still get like, like for example, people sell like videos as nfts like short little like basically tiktok videos and like that have gone gone for ridiculous amounts of money but you can still view like that same video elsewhere like just someone owns the original but in this case and this is a, a tricky thing with digital art um more generally to me the the copy is virtually identical to the original it's not like oh i have the mona lisa you know the the, the thing that like you know the 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 paintbrush was actually hitting. You know, like when mm-hmm. it was being created. Like, it it it's such a a tricky situation. I don't know. Yeah, and I just I don't. Yeah, to your to your point early, Joey. I just think it's like and actually like on to be honest too. Like there are other markets that work this way, including like art collection more broadly. But it's just you know a case for rich people to become richer and sort of. Um, well, I think some of the stuff with like the videos and stuff like that. I think technically the license transfers over to that person so like i know like charlie bit my finger went up as an nft and i think when it got sold it was taken off youtube so like the original the original one was taken off youtube not all not all the other ones so so i think they technically own the license so then if like someone comes to them and be like i want to use this in our super bowl commercial or whatever then they would be paying or paying that person who bought the nft so like that sorta but i mean like they probably paid way more than they'll ever get a license for and also too they're gonna probably charge way too much and then they're gonna be like no we're not gonna fucking license this from you who gives a shit yeah why not just buy the license yeah like because that's another thing is that i think in a way it, it can hurt artists because imagine you made this nft like you made this um short video or something and you sold the license along with the nft you are are directly tied to that and so you personally can't use that stuff anymore you don't own the license you created it but you can't use it and if you tried very immediately get in trouble for it but like 
everyone on the internet could just take that video make memes yeah post it on their personal site like they can't do things to you know market it or make money off of it necessarily without getting in trouble um but it's not like again like you were saying paul there's no tactile like tactile sense of like i have this i'm gonna display it or like put it in my basement it's just a digital file that everyone else has access to and can like right click save screenshot whatever like i don't know i think i i'm not i'm i'm every argument that i hear for why nfts is good has failed to convince me and some (laughs) of them are pipe dreams some of them are like what if you buy some stupid and this sounds like a joke but some people are like well if you buy the nft for mario's hat imagine wearing mario's hat in call of duty or something and it's like that's literally impossible you're not buying this digital construct that can be transferred over to a different engine and a different, you know, it doesn't magically make that digital artifact appear in other worlds. Like, Not if Ubisoft has their way. That's right. <laughs> We've talked about this Breaking way too much. Breaking news, Microsoft bought Ubisoft. <laughs> Let's yeah, on. I know. We were, it was supposed yeah. to be like a quick, quick, short thing. Fuck, but... fuck Troy Baker. That's the main point. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I like I like your work, Troy. I don't like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's, I guess we can just breeze through what we've been playing because it doesn't look like we've been playing much new. Um, I'll start to just get it out of the way. I've still been playing 13 Sentinels. I haven't been playing as much because I've just been chipping away, but I still love it. Metroid Fusion, I'm almost done with. I think I'm in probably like the last 20, 15, 20%. Um, I am liking it more. I think my complaints about it last week were mostly kind of getting used to the controls i do still think that they're not quite as like tight and responsive as the other the other metroid games that i've played but i'm getting into it more i'm getting to the bosses that are fucking hard to beat the first handful of bosses in that game are easy i was like wow this is so much easier than the other metroid games and now i'm getting to the ones where just fucking wipe me out immediately and i'm like how am i supposed to beat this um but it's good because i am able to beat them uh and then halo we've all been playing halo right so we've been super into that still playing it for hours a week um anything new we want to add to the halo conversation it's it's i love that game and i hate that game (laughs) (laughs) but but differently than you loved and hate back for blood right yes yes okay yes um the big team battle stuff i i know i posted those patch notes uh they're still fucking broken uh, it really? took, me, took me about 10 minutes to get into a match today and I was only able to get into one. Uh, it would either not load or it actually crashed the desktop one time when it was actually loading uh, a map. Damn. So um, it's still fucking broken. It was nice that they gave um, boosts and challenge swaps though. I mean, yeah, like they, that was, they didn't have to do that. Yeah, They didn't have to do that at all. But I mean, yeah, that's nice. So um, I just wish, man, I wish the boosts would go off game time instead of just a constant running clock because they could track that they could easily track like the game time but yeah. they don't, I don't we've know. been screwed over by that you were just screwed over yesterday right ron you started your boost your game I, froze yeah i lost like i lost probably about five to ten minutes in that yeah because of that so but and that's and that's critical because you got challenges that would have been hundreds of xp like that sucks yep. yeah well but um hopefully they're ironing things out i really like um i just wanted to say they have a new event running this week and they introduced a new mode um attrition and i i've really been enjoying that um and basically for for listeners who are are unaware um in this new mode um 
it functions like Slayer, but each team has like a shared pool of lives and your goal is to deplete the other team's pool of lives and eventually kill all the other players. And um, you, it has like other cool mechanics, like you can resurrect players if you run out of lives. And uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting. It encourages like kind of a more defensive play, but then it also like has some interesting things in place to keep it from being too like kind of campy and defensive. And yeah, I, I love it. The matches are so fast. Yes. And, if, and for the boost thing, you know, like mm-hmm. especially when you're on the clock, like it's great. And also it's nice as if it's not going your way, like we been in a few tactical slayer matches where it's like oh god we're just getting hammered for you know yeah. 15 full minutes um hey as long as it, we don't get staked i don't care so right 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 yeah but um what's nice is in this mode uh if you know you encounter a team that's just like whooping your butt it kind of ends pretty quickly and you can yeah. hop right back in the, o- the only get- thing i don't like about it though is it is like higher stakes rather than the yeah. rest of it where it's like you you have to kind of be on your game whereas like you know fiesta and team slayer and big team battle like you can you know have a bad match here and there and it's like ah oh, whatever but this it's like when you have a bad match it's like man i really fuck that up sort of thing right so that's why i i was gonna play a little bit by myself today i'm like you know what no i don't want that i don't want that stress like playing with randoms and not being able to talk to them so because i still have well, voice you mentioned off. that it's more defensive paul but i think it's like mixed i think there's like a I think it's there's like a rhythm because it starts out very offensive, like oh, even yeah. in the maps where people like in um, the streets. So number one, it's all small maps too. It's like the smallest maps. Um, but in the street, is it not 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 streets? Uh, market is that what it's called? Market, yeah. Market, uh, the desert uh, one. Yeah. Um, typically, people will go to their side. Like there's a, a building that you start behind, and they'll go up to the second floor and they'll like try to snipe and. I feel like they're more cautious, but in this mode, I feel like people are just running constantly and there's like a big flurry of action where like in in the streets, they put the power weapon in the center of the map and people just rush for it. Well, I mean, like those power weapons, like those control the flow of that, like that that makes it whether you're going to be offensive or defensive for the rest of the match. You get the spanker in the one and you could take out an entire team in one hit if you're if you're lucky enough. Well, I think that's such a good point because like, yeah, what I was thinking is like admit that mode more than any other mode thinks makes me think about how often I'm dying. So like in that way, it's more defensive oriented. But you're right, like because the other thing is like you can really like you can wipe a team out really fast, like you can exhaust their lives super quickly if you really hit them like fast and like. Yeah, so I I do I think that's such a good point. Like, there's a really nice balance there. Um, well, well, yeah, because then when you hear your team out of respawns, then you you're so defensive. You're like, <laughs> shit, I'm not running out that door. I don't know who the fuck is out there. Like, you just become so paranoid then, um, and you start watching your teammates drop, and you're like, oh god, no, I'm the last person. <laughs> like, I almost no I, I, I almost I almost wiped out that team. I almost wiped out that team. You got yeah, so close. That was close. Yeah. They and have then the, there, the... Then there was that one where I, I took out, we took out the one guy, there was two guys left and then they got me and then they were able to respawn their, the rest of the team. And yeah. Oh, by the way, the game, the game forces you yeah. into small spaces too. Oh, yeah. So you start on a small map and then it's timed. So there's a circle just like in many of the battle Royale games. And after a certain amount of time, which is not very long, it'll say, Sir, it doesn't say circle closing, but like basically circle in the closing safe zone in or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and then you have to move toward the center of this already very small map. So 
There was a really funny one. I think it was you, Joey, where like we were in the bazaar and you were on the, you were on the ground in the market and they were <laughs> they were on the top of the tower and you were technically like really close to one another, but you're like, where the fuck are they? And then eventually you managed to climb up and you saw two of them like hugging one another in the, the little like circle that was left. <laughs> Only you would have realized you had that sticky, you would have you would probably won that match. I yeah, I didn't real. I thought I was out of grenades, but I had uh, a spike grenade. And when I I damaged myself to run out into the storm to go up the stairs, but I was like, that's the only thing I can do. And I got up there and I melee one of them. But if I would have hit them with a the sticky first, I think I could have. I think I could have gotten it. But yeah, I I love that mode. I think it's fun. I think for me, it's top three modes. For me, I think it's still Slayer. And then maybe attrition, and then maybe tactical slayer. I really or like maybe tact- big team battle. I really Wait, you like know when Fiesta slayer. first? Fiesta first? Didn't I say that? You no. said Slayer first. You said Slayer. Oh yeah, no, sorry, no, no, not Slayer. Yeah, Fiesta, Fiesta first. Yeah, um, I love Fiesta. Or as yeah. I call it, Spicy Slayer. <laughs> spicy Slayer. <laughs> ah, plasma rifle and plasma pistol. Sweet, great combination yeah. to start. Yeah. Or sometimes like spanker and gravity hammer. Yeah. <laughs> and, I've gotten the, I've gotten the energy sword and the and the band hammer in in the first go, and I'm like, that's a good combination right there. Yes, yes. But so, yeah, sometimes it doesn't matter though. Like sometimes you get the plasma rifle and the plasma pistol, and you get three kills. And right. then sometimes you get the spanker and the energy I, sword. I, I never get killed. I never get kills with it, either of those. Really? I get more. I get more kills with the needler than I do oh. with uh, the plasma and the, the, the two plasma weapons. Those things suck. Mm. And the I like the needler a lot. Needler's good. It's grown yeah. on me. Yeah. yeah, I used to hate it, but it's like you you land like five needles on them and they're dead, pretty much. I mean, yeah, needler versus energy sword. If you have even a, a decent amount of distance, you win. And with the needler, it's, yeah. it's same with the gravity hammer. So satisfying. Yeah, they can't get to you. You can empty if you're far enough away. Now, if you get surprised, you're fucked. But yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I've definitely been surprised many times. So yeah. Um, but yeah, good times. Hopefully yeah. we'll be able to play more this weekend. So let's move. Well, sorry. I, I sort of just looked at the list and saw that you both had been playing Halo. Anything else that you guys wanted to, to chat about? Nope. Just getting, getting old. old. Yeah. I heard my, yeah, my getting I, old simulator. I, uh, woke up, uh, one day with slight back pain. And then as it, the day progressed, it was like, I can't stand and move. Like I can't turn like this is, is excruciating so... pain. So funny that you say that because I flopped onto my futon yesterday and they're like the way that the pillows were behind me were like it was more protruding than I thought. And so I landed on like on a lump on like my lower ribs, like the ribs that are like separated from the rib cage. Mm hmm. And I don't know what I did, but like you said, I went to bed and I was like, oh, my back's kind of like, hmm. And then today I am like, oh, yeah, my back definitely is fucked up. And I dropped a piece of mail and I went to bend over and pick it up and I let out this sound (laughs) that a young person has never made. It was like, it was so, (laughs) and I almost fell. I almost fucking just fell picking up a piece of mail. It sucks getting old. Yeah, it does. And even now, like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, I can't twist in a certain way. I can't bend over. Oh, man. Fuck the hailing. Hailing? What the shit? <laughs> anyway. Fuck the getting old simulator. <laughs> Fuck the hailing. Definitely not a 10 out of 10. Um, so, as we mentioned, our main topic of a discussion today is video game cover art. So, we've picked five of our favorite uh, pieces of video game cover art. We don't know what they are yet. They're going to be a surprise to us as well. Um, I will link 
uh, post links to them in the show notes. So if you want to check them out, please do, or you can Google search them or do do whatever you want. Um, but you can check them out and we haven't seen them yet. So we're going to, we're going to kind of go through them one by one and talk about what we love about them. And like I said, this is not an objective. These are amazing. These are just cover arts that, that we, we love. So, um, who wants to get started? Who wants to share their number five with us? Let's, we'll go. Let, we'll go backwards. Let's, let's go. Let's go with the list order. So let's start with Paul. Number five. Paul. Sure, Paul number, number five. five. So this is five by um, random selection, not five by my choosing. So n- okay. none of you, if the the artists for these box video game boxes are listening, nobody be offended. Yeah, this isn't ranked yet in any particular order. Um, but yeah, I will start with my first one. Open it up. So is it going for us? Is it going in order from top? Yeah, down? I'll start with the okay. top. And yeah, and my first pick is the um, European cover for Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain is a game that I like. I, I don't know if it's a game that I love, but this cover is so fucking awesome. I love that it. Um, it's like moody. The rain's coming down. It's like the... Uh, origami bird which is such like an iconic yeah, I mean, i'm sorry know, the um, origami bird or origami <laughs> the origami killer yeah the oh and the, <laughs> the, the origami killers out there be careful <laughs> um yeah oh man if they had set this in like um Mosinee, wisconsin like i would <laughs> i would i would have loved this so much but uh yeah no um it's so cool and like the little bit of blood on it and yeah i don't know it's like mysterious and like it's minimal but i think it's so like like sort of haunting and impactful as well and like it's very spooky and seeing this cover because like the the american version it's a similar one but then they feel the need to put all the characters you play as in the Mm -hmm. top as well but like seeing this made me want to play this game so badly because i was like oh my god and like i like heavy rain i think it's cool but like i think the box art in this case totally transcends like the the game itself which i think is like a great you know marker for for box art where like it's so striking that like it, it's even cooler in some ways than the the game that it's it's attached to. So yeah, this yes. this this was potentially going to be on my list, uh, just because of yeah, like it's you know it's minimal, it's very mysterious, and like it adds to that like mystery of it. Uh, and yeah, it just looks pretty sweet. Yeah, it gives me like David Fincher like seven vibes. Like yeah, I really definitely really like it. Yeah. I love how like the the title heavy rain um the water is obviously affecting it because it looks like it's sort of bleeding out um or glowy in a way and then behind the Y right in the center in the smoke does that look like a skull like it no. looks like I see two eye sockets and a nose socket I think that's just happenstance hmm I don't think that's yeah. intentional some kind of shape or light source or something. I mean, mm. there there could be something skullish about it. I don't know, but I dig it. I do I like the it. fact that it's raining heavily in this image too. <laughs> it Quite is. appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the droplets. They look so good. Press X to Jason. <laughs> uh, press. I'm sorry. Press cross to Jason. Oh, sorry. Press cross to Jason. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how the song went, but. No, I know. I, I'm so I would I I don't think I'll ever call it the cross button like that. So when Sony 
mentioned that and clarified that they should it should have came with an apology like we're sorry we let it go on so long yeah it's x it's the x button um because yeah it's it's never going to be the the cross button for me but no i i i love this i like you said it's so it's so simple and we were talking before the show started about that that difference between like an objective you know this is good cover art or not and how a lot of these companies don't go for artful covers because they're more concerned about can the consumer who picks the stuff off the shelf or looks at it on Amazon, can they tell what this game is about? And so you'll see there were a lot of covers that I remembered being pretty cool and that I looked at them and it's like, like you're saying, Paul, they're concerned about like the utility of it. So they're like, well, we have to have the characters on there, of course. Like Final Fantasy VIII, I was like, oh man I think I love that art and then I looked at it and I'm like Ugh, it's like a bad movie poster like again they're like here's the stars of the game right there on the cover and <laughs> it's not done very artfully or anything so so yeah yeah this is a I love this one this one's really good definitely inferior to your others as you said very clearly there's a hierarchy <laughs> no <laughs> oh you know what though if, if david cage made it i'm okay with him being upset with <laughs> him. that's fine i don't <laughs> he's personally made well that was one, that's one of the things that we should talk about is like i tried to look up the artists for the covers that i did very hard very hard because like a lot of times people are just like oh well this is the artist for the game so that's who made and it's like no like they're sometimes there are specific artists for the cover and so i tried to find the artist but like that wasn't wasn't really super successful but um ron what's your number mine my number five is a little game called twisted metal black um also similar vein of minimalism and kind of just like a little more you know mysterious to it like the first two games I really like the cover for the first one, uh, the, the long box. Uh, but I mean, like that's, you know, that's basically showing you what the game is, like the car combat and all that stuff. This one's a little more like you you've probably already know what Twisted Metal is. Like we don't need to show you the cars shooting shit and all that stuff. So let's just put the, the, the main character like front and foremost in there. And yeah, just like super minimal, like very menacing. Um, I actually had the... Uh, cardboard stand uh, like standee display that you would see at a video game store in my bedroom for the longest time and it's like five feet tall oh and wow I, I still got I that, still somewhere. that somewhere I still have that somewhere yeah you got one too that's right I forgot about that mm-hmm. yeah but yeah that thing yeah. I, I love that I love that cover so much it's so yeah. nice seeing a theme darkness you know <laughs> like half yeah. I love that though like that it's off center half of the half of it is just black you know and like you said there's something disturbing about uh, Sweet Tooth's face here because if you look at like the shape of the head and like where the mask is placed, it just seems kind of off. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I love like you said, it's very simple and minimal. But at the time, this is early PlayStation Two. Like these, this rendering of it, you know what I mean? Like looked really good. And like, of course it doesn't look like that in the game. The cutscenes look pretty good. Okay, that, that's probably um, from a cutscene right there. That yeah. Yeah. But that's what was exciting was like, even then at the time cutscenes were still cool. It was still awesome to be like, look how good this cutscene looks. So yeah, I remember that one. I, I also exciting. dig, I also dig the font treatment in it too. Like yeah. the messed up mm-hmm. like letters and stuff like that. Like, you know, now it's a little like me, whatever hokey, but at the time it was still like pretty, pretty neat like that they did that it's just times new roman just messed with 
It looks right. a little like the lettering for like Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Have you ever read that? I forget the artist on that who's amazing. That's oh like, geez, that's uh shit. Um, fuck yeah, I can't remember the name. He does all those cool covers for it. And he did yeah. um he did Batman Arkham Asylum, Serious House on Serious oh, Earth. Yeah. yeah, he's awesome. Wow. Totally forgetting his name, but yeah, he he does stuff with lettering like that. He did a lot of vertigo really cool. vertigo stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, Joey. Yeah. But- yeah. Oh, me? Oh, sorry, Paul. Um, do you have oh, some? I was just going to say, I love this too. And for me, I remember being legitimately terrified because I was like <laughs> pretty young when this came out. And I was like, Twisted Metal had never like scared me as a, like it was spooky and had like horror elements. But this, like this cover made me go like, oh my God, this, this game looks terrifying. So yeah, I, I remember it well. That's, that's true. Because it was like before that. Twisted Metal was almost like hair metal-y in, in terms of like how in your face it was and like over the top. But yeah, with Twisted Metal Black, it took a much darker turn. It was very much like that early 2000s. Well, I would say the first one like still had kind of like that darker vibe to it if, as long as you didn't see like the original endings or anything like that. But like, yeah. you know, it was dark and gritty. The second one, they did the comic book motif stuff. So it was like a little more lighthearted than the third and fourth one. They were just like, whatever. Those were garbage. Um... But yeah, there was definitely like just like over the top, like almost like Batman, like like Joel Schumacher Batman level of like campiness to it. And then they decided nipples to like everywhere. nipples everywhere. <laughs> um, Sweet tooth nipples. <laughs> and then this is this was almost like the Batman Begins like reboot, like mm. let's make it dark and gritty again, sort of thing. So there was voice acting. That was, was really cool. I mean, there was voice acting in the other ones too. In in I know. I'm just saying. In this one, it was more theatrical, more like it seemed like they were trying to be a little bit more cinematic, like more yeah. movie like. Yeah. Um, and it was it was really cool, especially again for being so early in the PlayStation Two mm-hmm. Two's life. Um, so my list, we're gonna have to go backwards because I went one through five. So oh, oh five. then I looked at the wrong one here. Shit, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so you looked at number one for number yeah. five. Yep. I must say so I'm disappointed, but anyway. Is number, you're disappointed in my number ones? <laughs> Get out of here. My number five is Suikoden 2 for the PlayStation 1. Hmm. Um, the artist, uh, this is one of those cases where I couldn't find an actual cover artist, but the art for the characters, so I, I'm assuming this is where they pulled the, the art from, is from Ishikawa Fumi. Uh, so this came out on the PlayStation, and I love this game, and this is like a lot of the cover art that I chose um was like cover art that spoke to me before I even played the game like cover art that like made me play the game because I picked it up and looked at it and was like damn and I don't necessarily like that this has a little bit of what we were talking about Paul where it's got like the three starring characters on the front um but I do love the font um the color scheme I love all of the different characters being represented on the screen and you might see a theme because you'll see in the background like the sort of peaks of the crowd that there's like a castle up in the distance. Um, I like things like that that have the sense of like mystery that pull you in that make me want to be these characters and explore this world. Uh, And I love that it looks sort of watercolory. I'm learning that I like like detailed watercolor type art. Um, so I love that too, but yes, we could into is my, my number five. Yeah, it definitely does have that like, um, 
here's i mean is, is there a difference between the japanese cover and the american cover or is it pretty much the same know. thing i didn't i didn't look at that i i wasn't thinking to look at um international versions mm. i wouldn't here. be surprised if it was different i feel like a lot of japanese video game covers are more subtle um and just like sometimes it'll just be like a title i think metal gear, uh, hopefully i'm not ruining this if, if it's on anyone's list but metal gear solid is a great example metal, metal gear solid is literally just actually surprisingly the title of the it's game. the same uh same cover art hmm. that's actually that's actually kind of surprising that it's the same thing yeah it also reminded me a little bit of like old school like atari and nes covers um, in that it, of course, looks nothing like the game, you know, <laughs> yes. but, uh, but it's beautiful. I really like it. Yeah. I, I love this, this art style too. Like the, the watercolor is like kind of like that, the hand drawn, you know, like sort mm-hmm. of qualities of it, I, I think are just so cool. And yeah, like that, that's why I love the, um, the, like the Metal Gear Solid illustrations as well that, that accompanied oh, yeah. those, those games. They made them for Death Stranding, by the way, too. And you can actually, with the director's cut or whatever, get like Metal Gear Solid style renderings of each of the characters from that game as your icon for oh, PlayStation, cool. which is cool. I like mine too much now to change it, but I thought it was really <laughs> neat. <laughs> no, I love, I love this kind of stuff though. It's awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right, Paul, number four. Number four. Um, okay. Four. Where's again. Paul? There's Paul. There's Paul. Yeah. Oh. No judgments. People who are listening. Yeah, so this mm. next one is a, a pick very near and dear to my heart. It is the cover of Kingdom Hearts 1. Um, I was a, a young boy with many dreams. Um, and <laughs> at, at a turning point of deciding, you know, what console I should get years after. And, um, I saw this cover and was like, holy fucking shit. This is so amazing. Um, I need to get a PS2. And this is one of the first games I got with my PS2. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I love this, this cover. Um, cause you think of like, like, okay, this is like a Disney crossover thing with Square Enix. It's going to be really bright and colorful. And I kind of love how like moody it is. And like all these like characters are kind of like posed under like this big, like, like heart shaped moon. And I love moon shit anyways. So like that was, <laughs> that was great for me too. And I love how cool like the palette is like, um, yeah, like I, I just, I, I think it's awesome, and I am, I am such a big fan of it. And then I wished that the, um, the, the rest of the game kind of looked like this, <laughs> like the, the PS2 is capable of, <laughs> of reproducing, um, the, this kind of this, this look and, and these particular characters in this sort of like hand drawn way. But yeah, yeah I, it, I, I really like it. And that too, and it, like it does like have a darker tone that the game doesn't have right nearly as right like it has moments but yeah there's moments but like yeah if they would have made the whole game kind of like a little more darker and moody like maybe i would have tried playing it but it yeah but i mean like the no the cover art is actually like now that i look at it again like that is actually pretty neat because it's like it's not it's it's not vibrant at all like everything is like desaturated and like or like monotoned because of the darkness like the you know the night and all that stuff like very little hints of color and it's like nothing super saturated like like the reds are not like popping out or anything like that it's everything's very muted like it's it's a very neat uh very neat design for a a game 
<laughs> it is technically a game. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that I like about it is that Disney is not the focus. Like when mm, they made this deal, I think there was that like idea that like, well, Disney's going to be so demanding, and I think they probably were to an extent. Um, but the Disney characters here, Donald and Goofy, are off center by far. Um, and you see a Mickey Mouse shield, which is like a hint of Mickey Mouse and like his, you know, how he shows up in the game. Um, but like the main character, Sora, and there are the characters names I can't remember, um, are like, I would say the focus of obviously Sora being right in the center, right in front of the moon. Um, also mysterious castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, and that was to your point when you said that earlier. Like, I was like, I want to explore this like dark, you know, spooky world. Yeah. With these characters, yeah. I just really hate those dumbass shoes. They're so <laughs> big. That art style was like that was a thing because I remember seeing toys and being like, oh look, a Batman toy, and I'm like, why are Batman's feet gigantic? You know what they say like, about talk big about feet. Batmobiles. <laughs> big feet, big socks. <laughs> yeah bat socks, bat socks. Um, <laughs> but no I, yeah i love this one and as you said i think it's a really uh, there's a there was another cool special edition of i think kingdom hearts 3 that looked pretty cool just because of the patterning and there are some things where it's like i didn't i was like not sure to choose them because like the packaging looks really cool like another one hopefully i'm not stealing this from anyone but um, the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on the N64, the the package itself, the artwork is not great because it's like, it's just the logo and it's like, but the box is like gold and foil and it looks so cool and I ha- I still have it and it's like pretty much in mint condition. Was it gold foil or um, was it just like a metallic, like metallic ink? I think it was metallic I th- ink. I don't think it was. I think it was foil. I'll go, I'll take a picture of yeah. it and send it to you, but um it's very shiny it's not just like shiny ink like there's something like reflective about it but um so the packaging i think is different than the art and sometimes the packaging like you know gets to me but yeah i love i love this one this one's really good yeah and looking oh oh, i'm sorry that's uh i want to see the other kingdom hearts covers in comparison just to kind of see uh yeah two is very very bright and then three or whatever the fuck it's called and it three's also a little moody, but not nearly as. Uh, yeah, no, I don't like three. Everything, all the, it reminds me a lot really of weird. the world ends with you. Which I wonder one? if it's the same artist. The, the world ends with you. Oh, That's the, another, no, the, no, the first one. Oh, the first one. Yeah, uh, it's, it's Square Enix, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same same artist. Uh, but yeah, 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 it, yeah. Okay, yeah, that is pretty. So actually, that's pretty similar to the second one, in my opinion. Similar, uh, slightly better art style than the third one. Yeah, that's All good. Right, All right, my my a uh, number four is a little right a now. little game called Quake. Oh, ooh! Just a very uh, there's there's a theme going on with a lot of mine. I have a, I have a very specific art I style that, stuff, yeah. so. Um, but yeah, like the same thing, like super minimal, just like, just dirty and just like, I don't know, I just, the, the, something about this cover, because I think two, if I'm 
remember correctly, the box, like the actual PC box, uh, the Quake logo was embossed, so it was sticking out. I think so. And I think yeah. it was Ooh. with a gloss, too. So it was shiny, and the rest of the box was matte. Um, yeah, just same thing, just like super minimal, just super, I wouldn't say clean, because it's, it's a very dirty-looking box. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just the, the font that they like created for it and just, yeah, everything about it. Like I just, I love this, I love this box art. Yeah. One of the best logos I yeah. would say in, in games, the quake logo, cause it's a cue that they've created using like a crescent moon or like a half, you know, it looks like a crescent moon, like an eclipse type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a nail, you know, adding the little, um, Q part. What is it called? The tail? Yeah, the Q. Whatever makes it um, not an O. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the little the, kickstand um, yes, on the Q. Yes. <laughs> the kickstand um, for the but O. It's, but it's centered. <laughs> so, like, I feel like if it were off to the side, like a Q would normally be, that would, I don't know, that would feel cheesy to me. But the fact that it's centered. Yeah. And it makes it sort of look like horns, you know? I don't know. I think it looks looks really rad. So just the logo, and it's like they must have known that the that logo, the Q, was like pretty cool because, I mean, like you said, it, they made it, it the entire. Cover. It was it. It was coming off of Doom, like you know, yeah. like they they knew, and it was like the first like true three D rendered like shooter and stuff like that. So they they knew what they were doing. It's not like Daikatana or anything like that. That that's a bad cover. It reminds me a lot of the, uh, which is funny because they do the soundtrack, the cover of Nine Inch Nails, The Downward Spiral, because it has mm-hmm. that same sort of like rough texture, like it looks like it's painted on a canvas maybe. Um, or it's like it like found, like it's actually like mixed mixed media, like actually put together sort of thing, yeah. like they actually like, you know, dirtied up like a, a, a some sort of background and then put this embossed metal on it and all that stuff and then took a nice picture of it. Yeah, and then the old, yeah. uh, the old school ratings on there. The little violence, yeah. language. <laughs> yeah, I I love this. Um, yeah, I I love the 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 minimal design that like thinking of ways to like entice people to to play something without like overly revealing it. Like, oh my god, yeah. Like I'm just looking at this. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I need to play it. Like, yeah. Well, and so you got to remember yeah. too, like PC boxes were like the size of cereal boxes. So like yeah. they were huge. Like they were taking up a lot of shelf space with like, you know, you'd go to Walmart or whatever and it would just be like a whole aisle just dedicated to PC games. Uh, like the Tomb Raider ones had the stupid trapezoid boxes. Those are dumb. Yeah. yeah i pc boxes too pc artwork i guess i should say was sort of all over the place because you would have stylistic minimal things like this like quake and then you would have just like this weird collage of like weird renders from the game where it was like what like that looks so dumb yeah they, I, I guess i'm thinking in part of like the sim games and stuff like that there were there were there were a lot that weren't even like renders like they were just like drawing like think like the leisure suit larry well, i guess leisure suit larry was kind of already like 2d like drawing yeah. style but it was like way more cartoony than like yeah. the actual game was uh but yeah like a, it was it was a, a weird mishmash of like different art styles but usually never incorporating the actual gameplay or anything like that right. uh or like another one that pops out is like the grim fandango uh oh, or sure. what's the other one i'm thinking of um oh, it was like clay 
a clay adventure game. Clay Fighters. No, it wasn't Clay <laughs> Fighters. It was Neverhood. Is that the mm. name of the game that I'm thinking of? Um, yeah, the Neverhood. Uh, I'll put this in the honorable mention one so you can at least see. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll bring that up. The the one I'm thinking of that again, yeah, it's not it's not like representing like necessarily what the game looks like and like not like like maybe I'm just forgetting like if it is a specific character, but the Diablo two like PC cover where it's oh, like the oh, flaming like with Diablo. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh wow, the Neverhood one is looks like a Tim Burton joint, but that—that's the game. That was that was how the game was. It was actual like clay, um, yeah, clay animated characters on screen and all that stuff. I always remember seeing Dang. that box art and like seeing clips of it at like Electronics Boutique or Babbage's, and never played it because I didn't have a PC that could run games, so I never got to play it. Hmm. Came out on the PlayStation. Very, what? Very cool. Oh. All right. Let's see how how. Um, my number four is the cover art for Dragon Quest XI uh, for PlayStation Two came out in two thousand five. Um, so this is one where it's like I don't know who did the actual cover art. So the characters and the monsters in the world were designed by Akira Toriyama, the famous Dragon Ball Z um, creator. And normally I don't necessarily like his character designs. They're super deformed in a way that that isn't necessarily pleasing but there was something about the cover to dragon quest 8 that immediately grabbed me i think i've told this story before but i went on leave to go back home to visit ron and my my family and this was right after right around my birthday or right after my birthday and so i had like some spending money and i went to a best buy yeah we we went to best buy because i was with you i think yeah you were with me yeah and i had seen some stuff about dragon quest 8 but i'd never played a dragon quest or a dragon warrior before and we walked in and right when we walked in there was this big display for the game it just come out and I like stopped and I remember Ron being like, man, and like, he just kept walking and I was like, hold on a second. And I picked it up and it came in this like exterior cardboard box with a big, thick, full colored manual inside. And I was just like entranced by it. And then it was that thing where I like wanted to bring, I don't remember if I did, but I wanted to bring it to Ron and be like, look pretty. (laughs) And I I think I was like, "Ah, I shouldn't buy it. It's like, I, I don't like buying things like on a whim. Cause like, what if I get home and this $60 game sucks, you know, or is terrible. Um, but I did, I ended up buying it and I, I loved it, but I love the cover art because it does have Toriyama's artwork. Of course it has his characters, but there's so much more going on. Um, it has the, the four characters in the front and then it has the sort of design around them. Um, and then we have the beautiful logo up top. I love the way the, I love the font of journey of the cursed King, the subtitle, um i love all the colors the colors were a big a big draw for me the 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 color palette is bright and bold and beautiful so it's a very busy cover but but i really like it i've always enjoyed the dragon quest logo because it's very of an era like Mm -hmm. it it's it's very like late 80s early 90s style uh i dig it yeah I really like it too. Like the, the the color palette once again, it's like very like lively and, <laughs> and, and and sort of like 
like like Pastelli, and I, I I think it's amazing. There's also a playable demo of Final Fantasy Twelve inside. Which uh, did you play? Is, the, did you get the demo? Did I come with the demo? I did. Yeah, I do have the. I did have the demo. I didn't play it because I played so much of Dragon Quest Eight. Like I joked at the time and said, like I'm buying it for the demo. <laughs> um, but I didn't play it for a long time. And then when I did play it. It's very different than Dragon Quest VIII uh, and some other Final Fantasies. Like the color palette is like gray and brown. Like it's very um, muted in its presentation. But I did end up loving Final Fantasy XII. It's just at the time it was kind of overshadowed by my love for Dragon Quest VIII. But Joey, uh, I have I have a question. Mm-hmm. What what's the um like the the black creepy stuff behind like the horse behind the slime? This picture, yeah. I don't remember. Looks like bats. Yeah, I was gonna say there's like like bats back there, which I didn't notice until just now, which is very very ominous on an otherwise very <laughs> very colorful. Yeah, that horse seems yeah. really freaked the fuck out. Yeah, by whatever it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all looking back and like, you know, running from the. Yeah, the no, they all have problems making eye contact with people. That's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Um, but no, I like even the little beetle in the front. Why is that yeah. beetle there? Why is that beetle but there? But it's so cute. It is so cute. I really like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you ever used that slime controller? I no. The slime controller that Ron is referencing is this like PlayStation Two controller, <laughs> and it's just it's literally just a slime. The controller is a slime. You turn the slime upside down, and the buttons and joysticks are on the bottom, and. I imagine it must be super uncomfortable, but um, <laughs> I went. I ran out and bought it because, like, I started playing it and I start. I was loving the game so much that I was like, it was that thing where it's like, I want everything. I want like merchandise. I want the strat. I bought the strategy guide even though I didn't need it because it was like giant and like beautiful, all the color and everything. Um, and they had this PlayStation Two controller, and I just bought it just on a whim i still have it yeah it's still in the packaging and everything but yeah dragon quest 8 nice awesome. very nice great pick yeah thanks oh, and the t or the t on quest is a sword which is badass i like it it's a thick ass <laughs> sword too yeah. yeah i love that shit thick swords yeah. save lives <laughs> <laughs> all right paul all right number three number three and uh, no particular order um (laughs) (laughs) is the last of us um so given our conversation about troy baker i want to separate um the the artist (laughs) from his work but um i love this game and i think the um cover art for it is extraordinary for a couple of reasons one, I love, like, the big embossed, like, font of, like, The Last of Us. Like, I think that looks so cool. And I love um, what this particular game does, which is, like, it gives you, like, horror. It gives you zombie apocalypse. But it's also incredibly beautiful and co- colorful. And we're getting this, even this sort of artwork here. Like, again, of, like, this, like, urban area being sort of retaken by nature. And we get, like greens we get like um sunlight we get uh all these other things as well we have our two characters here and they're kind of like slanted off which kind mm-hmm. of is is like a cool effect on the cover as well um yeah and i i i just really love it i love i love like the palette of it it's like kind of it, it's like beautiful but it's also like kind of like washed out too and mm-hmm. yeah no i i don't know i think it's great 
I do kind of wish Joel was not center. I wish he was kind of like off a little bit more to the right. Like if they zoomed it out just a little bit more and put him off center, I th- think that would have made it look a little better. But I mean, he's the main character, so I guess he could be front and center. Well, I guess not front, but he could be center. He's back and center going, hey. Back and center. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I love. I love their expressions and their placement um, because Ellie's looking back and she looks concerned but also sad. So it looks like it's suggesting that she's leaving something behind. And Joel has his gun out like in hand with his finger on the trigger. Um, and he's looking back at Ellie. And it doesn't you look know, like he's, he's looking, annoyed. He's looking more like he's looking off to the left. Okay. Like, so if we're like, she's looking off like right side of us. He's almost looking off like left side of us. Like he sees something else just beyond like whatever she sees. Mm. But yeah, you see the gas mask on his, on his waist. Um, and which slight spoiler notice that she does not have one. Um, oh shit. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, she does have her weapon, but it's like slung over her shoulder. And so you, there's so much communicated here that she's like, you know, kind of like, you know, sadly looking back at like, I guess maybe symbolically her, her old life or the old life or something. Um, and then they're on this journey and they're headed in a direction. And I love that you can see so much of the city. Yeah. Like you can see down this long, long street and, like you said, everything is overgrown. So you get the sense of like loneliness and it's immensely yeah, detailed great... too. Like that, yeah. that city, that cityscape. Like I'm looking at it, like zoomed in here. It's like, they put a lot of, a lot more effort in that than they like needed to, since it's like so far in the back. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's gorgeous. So much so that it, this came as a dynamic theme for my PS3 when I bought the game and I had it as my my background for a while like the grass would move and like different elements in the oh background man would, would change yeah i miss dynamic themes yeah me too i do love it no god sorry i was gonna say i this is neither here nor there but i have a great ghost of tsushima one that i <laughs> wish i could move on to my ps5 but sorry ron you were saying no i was gonna say like i do love the fact too like that the font is like or the, the the type is like off to the the left too not like top center or anything like that just justified to the, to the left side nice and big still know what it is yeah and it, like yeah, decenters are zoomed out just characters. a little bit more and just had them yeah yeah which is which is interesting and well as you say it's not what you see because usually you see like the big banner on top or mm-hmm. something yeah yeah so very nice yeah, yeah. cool all right, all right ronald my number three back to back to Brooding simplicity, the uh, Carmageddon for PC box art. Wow. Um, wow. I have always dug this cover. Um, that character is not actually in the game. Apparently, his name is Ben. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, they're a British developer. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, no. Ben like Bezos? I, ben Bezos. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Jeffrey Bezos' good twin. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he he's driving his own rocket to space in this. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Carmageddon is a uh, car combat ish game, uh, loosely based off. I, I want to say loosely based off. It's kind of directly based off of the the movie Death Race Two Thousand. 
uh, which is basically like you run over people for points um, sort of thing. Um, yeah, it was a pretty early on PC driving car combat game with uh, polygonal cars and stuff like that. So like polygonal cars, but like sprites as far as the people goes. So it's like art, the art in the game is not like super great. But yeah, this cover, like I've always been drawn to just like just that, that red with that little hint of like yellowish green coming off like the um like his display on his dashboard and all that stuff. And uh never really paid attention to how small that steering wheel is perspective wise. <laughs> That's one of the things uh, I saw, yeah. It was like his hand is massive. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean it is a little more in the forefront, so his hand's gonna be a little bigger, but looking at it like it's almost like he's like hunched in. I guess he maybe he's like leaning into the steering wheel. But yeah, like I've always I've, I've always dug the I never really cared for the 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 font treatment that they gave it. Um but as far as just like that that art artwork on the box, like yeah, just like so dirty and like yeah. kind of this the same so like I said, similar thing, like kinda adds to the mystery of of the box art, like stuff like that. It's always I've always been drawn to that sort of artwork, that minimalistic uh stuff you'll see that later on in a couple of the others that i have this definitely seems like you like you said if we got rid of the title this definitely seems like a painting that i would imagine seeing in your house like actually on the wall but then the eyes also pop out and like you can look through them and like you see little it's, human eyes you it's know what I'm saying? it's pretty yeah like like his face is very it's very off-putting like this, yeah. yeah. Those eyes are like, yeah, like the, the the one eye especially is like just super bright compared to the other one. And big too, yeah. Yes, a little bit bigger, yeah. Well, I yeah. this this reminds me. Yeah, we were talking about like Vertigo comics and stuff, and I get like this looks very much in the style of like like the Hellraiser comics or like you know what I mm. thought about this too. Like this looks, he looks like a villain in like Judge Dredd or something. Yeah. Like um, not the movie, not the Slice to Load movie, but like <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 comic series. Like, and I I love that. Like, and I I just think it's so cool, and I love like the little details, like the the skulls tattooed like mm-hmm. down his forehead, and like um yeah. The, ah, the I didn't scar. even notice that until you said that. Wow. Uh, don't yeah. look up, don't look up the cover art for uh Carmageddon two though because yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to post in the link because that doesn't even deserve an honorable mention. Oh, yeah. uh, I think one of the things that's so unnerving too is that he's, like you said, he's very detailed. Like we see wrinkles around his eyes. He has a scar. We see details in like his teeth and lips and everything like that. And yet it's, he's like inhuman because he looks like he's made out of some kind of like hardened plastic or metal. You know, the way, mm. like, the texture of his forehead and everything. Um, and so it's, like, unnerving because he's he, almost like he's a machine. I think but those are I, I think those are pockmarks from his badly poured skin. Huh. <laughs> it's all that, um, like, mortar oil just splashing on his face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so cool. But, yeah, well, that's so, so cool, though, as well, is, like, it's a driving game, but, like, we're not getting, like, a car. We're getting, like, a a close-up on this very like scary looking driver kind of like twisted metal black actually yeah. in that sense I, I and i believe this is specifically the uh this is specifically the uk cover art uh mm. the american cover art definitely had like a car on it and stuff like that not nearly as cool as the european version yeah i love 80s punk aesthetic too 
and it seems like he has a little bit of that going on. It's a little bit more like alternative, but but yeah. And then there's that glow coming from. I'm probably assuming like probably the, the, from the dash, like like yeah. the displays on the dash. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's disturbing. Yeah, I would like to actually get a print of that. Now that I think about it. See if I can find one later. Do it, very sweet. Do it. All right. Joey, All right. number three. My number three is a two-parter. So there's two links there, if you wouldn't mind opening both of them. Nope, only opening one. Pictures from my real-life copy of this game. Ah. Uh... So this is the cover to the steelbook for Persona 5 Royal. Um, there's a, a nice movement, a nice trend in recent video games where, number one, many of them are coming with really beautiful steelbooks um, or like there's an option to buy a steelbook for them. And then number two is reversible covers, which I don't have any of those on my list, but I think video game companies are getting kind of the best of both worlds because like we talked about, I think there are probably artists at the studio who are like, we want a cover art that's like artful and beautiful and elegant but we have to have this like standard cover with the characters and the title and everything where now a lot of games you buy them and they have the boring cover and then you can flip them around to the more artful cover um, this is sort of kind of both of those things because the cover the steelbook itself is beautiful you open it and it creates a um, like a front and back uh, art style or, or cover basically on the back cover of the steelbook is the main character joker and he's pulling off his mask and then on the front cover is uh, a collage of the other characters from the the game and the center of it is kasumi the new character per, to persona 5 royal but when you open it you can sort of see that joker is sort of moving in this very like stylish kind of move and pulling his mask off and the characters are coming out of the mask like spilling out of the mask in a way um, and you probably can't tell from the picture, but it's it's metallic, so it like changes colors a little bit in the light, which is really cool. Um, and then if you open it, the second picture is the inside cover, uh, which is Joker again, sort of like in a swirling type of position, like falling away. And all these shards of glass that he's sort of breaking through are the character's faces and... Um, so part of it is the artfulness of the cover itself, but also, like you were mentioning, Paul, before, uh, I think before we started recording, I love the art of the game. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's a big part of it. So the artist, the character artist is um, Shigenori Soijima, and he's been doing the the Persona 5 or the Persona character art, I think, since 3. And he's his designs have gotten so much better and more detailed and vibrant and so i love his art in general but then i think they did a really good job of taking that art and making it into something really cool for the the steelbook yeah it's a gorgeous steelbook joey i really like it it's it, um, also an interesting choice that the cover like or the back cover has the title and the main character like that is very so um, so just like probably it's got a, it's, um, it's got a slip cover on it i'm assuming it's not yeah. just the steel book yep. and the steel and the slip cover is just by the the boring like you said it's just the boring ass regular cover what does that look like i'm gonna actually look it up real quick here because i don't know if i know that yeah because the cover to persona 5 the the base game is beautiful because of the character art 
um, that I already love, but in terms of design, is pretty standard. So oh, yeah, that not cover, that it's bad. But. That covers like yeah, not great. It's it's very generic. Just like very here's generic, all the characters. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this is like yeah, like a little more, a little more aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, well, and I love the restraint on the left to just have like the matte red and then Joker mm-hmm. and like to balance that out with them. Yeah, like such a dynamic range of like like characters and, and, and things going on on the other side, but they feel connected with his mask, which I like. And that's, stark, no, that's awesome. And the stark contrast of that like bright yellow overtone on all of them too, as compared to the, the red on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Though that interestingly, the yellow works really nice, kind of like the matte red to like unify a lot of different things that like could feel like very different elements, but they all feel similar because they they share that that particular color. Yeah, color hair in in terms of design, color has so much significance in the Persona games. So, I think that was probably an obvious choice. Like Joker's eyes are red in this image, but he's not he has brown eyes in the game, so that was obviously a choice, but um but yeah, I really loved really loved this uh this cover. <laughs> He doesn't need more things to make people hate him in the in the game. Like, yeah. oh my god, he's a demon! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first I've only played the first like like maybe like two or three hours of Persona Five, but it's a lot of just people being very mean to you. Yeah. <laughs> the start. Poor Joker. <laughs> poor poor Joker. <laughs> but uh, all right, Paul, you're number two. We're up to number two, right? Oh, oh shit! Paul number two. Yeah. Paul number, number two. two. What did oh yeah okay so for my number two I picked Doom Eternal baby <laughs> so I um I was tempted to just pick like the original iconic Doom art which this uh cover art which this is like definitely drawing on but the reason why I chose um Doom Eternal is because of um I think the, how bold this choice was to to come back to because. For Doom 3 and even um, 2016's Doom, they kind of went away from the more fantastic sort of like 90s, like Gonzo, you know, um, feel of, of Doom. And like for, for Doom 3, I can't remember. It's just like it, it's it's one of the demons or something like and it just says Doom 3 underneath I'm, I'm the behemoth, I think. And it's just it looks like straight horror. And then um, for Doom 2016, it's just the Doom guy's, like, armor, and I think he has, like, a shotgun or something. Yeah. And it looks very, like, Halo Master Chiefy kind of. But this, much like the game itself, is, like, this sort of bold return to, like, if we're doing hell, like, let's do, like, hell, like, in the most, like, bombastic way possible. And, like, um, I love, like, the, the, like, how sort of, like, painterly it looks. Like, it looks like this should be, like, put on the side of, like, somebody's, like, like, panel van somewhere, um, you know, like, uh, and, like, I, I love how rich the colors are, um, and, like, the Doom guy is, like, er, killing, I, I can't remember what they're called, I but, like, the... fucking hate those guys, though. They're yeah, yeah, they're... Yeah, he is making much easier work of them than I did in the game. <laughs> yeah, because you have to like you have to like um, counter them with your shotgun, and then while they're vulnerable, you have to like attack them. And it's very um, like yeah, it's a very short window too. Like when they when they attack you, like you have a very short window to attack back, and then move the fuck away. If you do not do that, you get fucked really hard. Um, yeah, yeah, fuck so those true. guys. But no, I I love it. I love how like. 
again like the 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 way it's framed the the world and like the obstacles of hell are like so much like bigger than the doom guy but he's just like whooping ass in the middle and he's like centered and like his green really pops against all like kind of the red and orange Mm -hmm. around him and you see like all of the different like enemies that you fight in the game are like kind of represented and it's just it's a it's a cover it's cover art that boldly sort of gestures back to a different era and like their decision to like lean into that so hard for for this game is one of the many reasons i I love it. So, I'm yeah, this glad is- they did it, but I really wish they would have just called it Doom Two. Like I wish they would have just like leaned fucking into it and just called it Doom Two. Like <laughs> drop the eternal. Just you call the first reboot Doom. Just call this one Doom Two, and make it really hard for uh, video game websites to fucking categorize which one you're talking about. <laughs> right, right. Doom Two again. Yeah. Doom Two. <laughs> but yeah, no, I do. I do love the like return to. Uh, return to like the classic cover design of of a doom game uh especially i like what you were saying paul because like it it shows that swing back of the the games where with doom 3 i feel like it was caught trying to like modernize the series and like try to please modern shooting like shooter fans and then they realized that it's not working and it's actually maybe tarnishing tarnishing the old games and our reputation. So they, like you said, full swing went back the other way and said, well, what if modernizing just meant using the same formula, but really perfecting it and making it faster and more intense and, you know, adding some mechanics that maybe make the combat more dynamic or something. Um, also, I love some details in this. Like I love the ax. I haven't played doom internal yet. So some of this stuff, I might not realize the significance, but the ax that the enemy has, has all this like demonic writing on it. Um, I'm super intrigued by the three figures in the back in front of that statue. There's like some kind of temple or something like that. They yeah, look like yeah. Guillermo del Toro characters. Yeah. Yeah. You know what they, now that, now that you mentioned that they do kind of. They do have that vibe to them, like, um, the, head, like the weird kind of headdress and things. You need to play that game. Um, you need to play that game. It's so good. Yeah, it is. I don't know. As far as console shooters go, it's one of mechanically and just like there and it's other different elements, but mechanically, it's it's up there with my favorites of all time. It, there's, it's, but it's incredible. Be prepared. It is frustrating as shit, and there's a lot going on and a lot you have to memorize. Uh, as far as like the systems and stuff go, like everything you like all the like you know upgrades that you learn and all that stuff like you have to kind of remember them and like work the cycle like not worry about like running out of ammo because there's a way to get ammo back and you know there's a lot of systems to like work with but uh definitely play it on on an easier level i'm glad i did because there were there were times where i'm just like i i just banging my head against some enemies i'm like i need i need to drop it down and i'm glad i did because i got to finish the game uh yeah it just gets hard as shit sometimes but still i love it it's great ending's a little i I think i think the only thing i don't like is the ending ending's a little little bit of a letdown but yeah but uh, the campaign's so good though yeah it is yeah the levels are amazing yeah well and I, i i think if you get into a rhythm too like the amount of different ways you can handle enemies and like how you end up comboing all your weapons together i haven't played anything else like it it's yeah. amazing i haven't looked at the original cover in a while um but 
my memory of it seems to be like that the doom guy is like in hell and sort of fighting off these demons almost like he's escaping well this one looks so much more that's a perfect segue to my number two actually well, let me finish what I'm saying and then we'll look in there because I love that this one seems more aggressive, like he's dropping down into hell and like what a great way to show that you're in hell, like in the depths of hell, but by using this camera angle and showing these massive buildings in the background that seem so impossibly high. I love because it just seems like you're so deep into hell, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and- but I will, I will say, too, just very quickly off of that, because this is different. The original box art is, is different tonally in the sense, too, that, like, these new Dune games, like, the soundtrack in particular makes you feel so fucking badass and, like, ready to, to kill some demons. Yeah, like, it Mick, feels less... Mick Gordon did an amazing job with yeah. that soundtrack, especially, like, bringing in, like, little little hints from, like, the older, like, the, the original Dooms and stuff like that, like, doing the E1M1 style... Uh, music that doing that there like so fucking good so fucking good that's 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 on my like media player like i listen to that a lot yeah my number two is doom 1993 uh well i can't say i haven't looked at it in a while now (laughs) yep um fucking like paul was saying like it's it's a classic ass fucking metal game cover um and obviously inspired the doom eternal and inspired the um alternate cover as joey was saying with or actually sorry that's the wrong link uh give me a second that's the that's the that's the original doom 2 cover that i just posted in there uh the other link is where'd it go ah here it is there were a lot of this this has been like parodied and um, paid tribute to by lots of other i i didn't i didn't know you were gonna have this so i didn't think to like look them up but i think a lot of companies have done like a take on this which i think is oh yeah shows how iconic it is so i just posted another link in there is the the alternate cover for doom 2016 uh which is their like reinterpretation of the original doom cover which i really wish they would have went with this as the main cover instead of doom guy uh, I think oh. they, I think they also regret making Doom Guy, but I, it was probably a marketing decision. Like they didn't have a choice. Oh, this is so much better yes, than the one. That, it is yeah, so, this is the Doom, the Doom 2016 cover, like the the regular one, reminds me of Doom Three, which it's kind of just like a generic, generic shooter looking cover. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this one just so much, so much cooler, so much better. Yeah, that's super cool. Well, and once again, look at how his green like totally pops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, same so thing. Good. Same thing with the 1993. And also, yeah. I love the, the 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 metal, um, like the like the uh, circuitry of like the the Doom logo. That is like Doom. The Doom logo is probably like one of my favorite logos of all time. Just like that, the shape of it and all that stuff. Yeah. That one demon just in the bottom left hand corner, just looking back at you. <laughs> <laughs> they they did that for the new um the 2016 one too. There's a little demon in that same corner yep. going ooh <laughs> <laughs> with a dumb goofy grin on his face. Yeah, that's very that's very weird. But yeah, the <laughs> horns too. The the he has the same kinds of horns in a way, like the front facing kind of thing. Man, it's just 
but but I this does um confirm what I was saying was like he looks like he's fighting his way out of them. Like the one demon is reaching up and grabbing him. He looks like he's like pulling his arm from it. There it's interesting I never noticed that there's another space marine behind him. Like yeah, running towards Which him. is weird because like you don't run into any other space marines in the game. Right. Like not even Do you run into dead ones? Maybe. God, I haven't played that campaign in a while. I gotta play it again. They should have his um, pet rabbit Daisy in here that he is (laughs) avenging. That's by the way, the Doom guy's badass backstory is the Legions of Hell killed his pet rabbit, so he like vowed to kill all of them. Yeah, and I'm like, that's that's John Wick really took some notes. That's that's literally that is literally the storyline of it. It would have hilarious. So amazing. So much so in Doom 2016, there's an oil painting in your spaceship of you holding little Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I also noticed too, I'd never realized it before, but they actually have the on the uh 1999 cover, he's got the claws on his chest, like the claw marks on his chest, and on the 2016 cover, he also has the claws on like his stomach area. Oh shit, you're I, so right. I never realized that before. So good. Yeah, this maybe the Space Marine in the back is a pre- a past version of him. It's like at the end of Interstellar. He's like <laughs> trying to he's like, No, don't I think go to hell. <laughs> I think they're trying to signify that there has it has multiplayer. That's probably the only reason they put oh, it in there. Oh yeah, that's a good did, point. Yeah. That was like, you know, pretty big then land parties and shit. You'll play in Doom. Oh, I just realized that you can see the bullets going through that one demon's head yeah. too. Oh yeah. Totally. That's really cool. At first, I thought they like had a piece of his shirt. Nah, <laughs> I grabbed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, your shirt yeah. is mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, totally, just metal ass fucking thrasher cover. Yeah, Duke Nukem straight up stole this, by the way. Um, oh yeah, like this exact same like cover, and I guess like. You could say it's a parody. I don't know, but yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, wow. Duke Duke Nukem yeah. Duke Nukem was definitely like a parody and kind of like mocking all that other stuff. I mean, they even make he even makes reference to Doom Guy in it. Like they have like uh, a a space marine looking dude, and he's like that is one doomed space marine. <laughs> he literally says that line in there. Yeah, not not surprising. Not surprising. Not surprising. All right, Joey. Well, X. All right, my number two is Maniac Mansion, specifically the, well, I think it was virtually the same cover for PC and for NES, but I um, I think you can see more in the PC version. But this is a case where this was an actual painting done by Ken Macklin um, for the uh, 1987 NES. Well, no, no, sorry. Again, I think it was on the PC release too. Um, but no, it was a real painting. I think it was like 22 by 18 or something like that. And it's, uh, see, I think we are seeing themes. Mine's is my, I like color apparently. <laughs> uh, it's very colorful. Um, once again, spooky house on a mountain in the back. I didn't realize that until I was collecting these. I wasn't like, I know that I love spooky mountains or spooky houses in the background, but apparently I fucking do. Um, but this game, Maniac Mansion, is a point-and-click adventure game by Lucasfilm Games, and it's basically you have a selection of teenagers to choose from in the beginning. You could choose 
there's one chosen for you and then you get to choose two partners to go with and each one of them has a certain set of skills and has a certain personality and then you start outside of the broken fence of this creepy old mansion and have to go in and find your friend and so the this cover hints at that a little bit i wish there were more characters um because there's there's a few more teenagers but um they show the nerd they show the, like the the mod um kid like the punk chick the surfer uh and so there's a kind of a hint of that but i love the very cartoony maniacal face yes. in the background i love the stars who, i love who is how that much character the, in the background i think that's supposed to be dr oh shit what is his name ned the dr ned that sounds right um i think that's supposed to be him i don't think it actually looks like him um but I think they had only shown, I think the, if I remember there was an interview and the artist Ken, what did I say his name was? Ken Macklin um, said that when he sat down with, I can't remember if it was Ron Gilbert or not, but um, he, like they showed him some sketches to work with. So it might've just been like an early sketch or something. Okay. But I also love the, the meteorite that's like flying through the O in mansion, which is the meteorite that you see at the very beginning of the game crashing to the ground uh and you know kind of starting the game so so i yeah. just i just dropped a link in right after that one uh of the of the same cover but it's got a different font treatment which i actually like better this is the similar one to the, the nes one i don't know what the difference between the one you posted and this one is i don't know if they changed the font at some point to the one i just posted because it also has the more modern Lucasfilm logo on it. Yeah. So I'm assuming that the one I post is probably the newer one. But I do like that font treatment on the newer one better than the old one. The old one's just like kind of generic and I don't know, makes it seem like a Earth Girls or easy fucking cover art. Um, no, I have to agree. And um, yeah, it looks better. It, it, this one says it's for the IBM. And it says 256K of RAM, <laughs> which is funny. The Tell one me that more. I posted, <laughs> uh, the one that I posted says it's for the Commodore 64 slash 128. So, yeah, it seems like that's the probably the older version. I, I'm assu- yeah, I think, I think that one's probably the older one. Like I said, like just looking at the Lucasfilm games logo, like it's just a very yeah. generic font versus the stylized Lucasfilm games that they came out with later. Um, but still similar. I actually, when looked at the NES cover, that's how I came across this one. Uh, the NES cover art, very similar. The face in the background squished down a little more like behind and then like has like the white on top with a Maniac Mansion logo on it. Yeah. Also kind I'll of, kind, kind, of a, kind of a neat cover as well. Yeah. I uh, I really like this, Joey. And I I I love this the sort of era of like covers. I'm I'm thinking of like the the Monkey Island game covers. Yes. Yeah. Kind yeah. of alongside this. Yeah, I love that that that's that cartoony style and again like that that sort of drawn painterly style is just so great. Yeah, I do kind of miss that like element of like art like game art where it was like actually like someone painted it like it was it wasn't mm-hmm. just like a digital rendering or something like that like this was something that someone made specifically for this thing yes. and actually like painted it out and like there's a like one single hard copy of it somewhere yeah yeah yes. definitely yeah so that's my number two very nice, Paul, very nice. number one 
number one top pick definitely above <laughs> the others. all the Did other covers are shit compared to this <laughs> one. Shit. no except david cage if you're listening yours is shit uh, yours is the worst <laughs> don't fuck up star wars um so um yeah my, my number my my final pick of the equally weighted five picks i've chosen is the japanese cover for dark souls i think Ooh. it is fucking awesome it's so good um once again um it's dealing with like a very sort of stark but also like sort of subtle color palette which is really cool um and um yeah you see like your character um in like the knight's armor which is like the iconic like one of the iconic outfits from dark souls you're in front of a bonfire which within the game that's where you save that's where you like replenish your healing items and it's kind of like in a difficult ominous game those are kind of your your spaces of like like refuge and safety and then um of course like uh you you get the contrast of that and then like the the dark you know ominous sort of space directly outside of it which we're sort of being um like the perspective of our main character which is why it's so cool that you know we're getting their their back we're getting their perspective we're kind of looking out into the the the, the unknown horrors of, of dark souls and uh yeah i i just think it's so cool you get like these little like like sparks coming off of the fire which looks really amazing and they're like glowing up in the darkness um and they they're scattering to the left and and you know towards the area towards us and yeah i just i think this cover rocks so fucking hard i really like it it's a, it's a very brave cover because it's like there's like it's it's very like weighted to one side like it's not very like aesthetically like good looking but it's like very nice like i like it like it's very ominous in the background like i tried zooming in like seeing if there's anything in the darkness there's like nothing in the darkness like you can see like a little bit of a horizon line um i also too like the 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 font work on here like you can see like these circles that like kind of make parts of the letters and stuff like that like on the on the d or on the on the top of the a you could see like the little bit of a circle between the K and the S in the O. Like an eclipse, yeah. You could see a little bit in the U and the L. Like you could see where it's like cutting away. You know, very interesting choice. But yeah, like it's it's very it's I this is actually one of the ones that popped up when I was looking up at like best and worst like cover arts. Like this one was on a lot of people's lists. Uh this one specifically, not the US version. Um yeah right yeah our yeah. version by comparison is not nearly as as awesome um i don't uh, yeah I, I don't have a link on the page for it but if you look it up you will be sorely disappointed <laughs> in comparison <laughs> well and to that image of like the ring like the hollow core like kind of gets out so many ideas in um the uh the the series as well and that and the fact that we're sitting in runes as well like miyazaki is like a fucking um you know third generation romantic poet he's just obsessed with things that are crumbling and decaying and you know covered in darkness like yeah i uh, i fucking love it it's so good i i think it's yeah i just think it's really cool and um yeah yeah Yeah, and it it meets that for me i use the word artful and when i say that i mean that you know there are subtle choices that carry a lot of meaning that you have to sort of read into 
and it's not just about like packaging and showing like what the game's about. In theory, I have no idea what this game's about. It could be an adventure game, it could be a narrative game, it could be a combat game, like I don't know, but there's a lot about it that sort of again, little hints and things like that like he's sitting at this fire as you mentioned, but his hand is on his sword. Like there's the sword that's like next to him. Um, but his hand is sort of at the ready, like he's ready to pick it up. So he's like not really resting, you know what I mean? Like he's like, for a second, I'll sit here. Because as you mentioned, it's like a small respite. It's like a really small, you know, brief, um, you know, time of re- relaxation. What's that to his left, though? Did you mention what that was? It looks like a stake. It's the sheath. Uh, this, yeah. The, his oh, scabbard. the sheath of the sword. Okay, gotcha. Um, Which, as you say, the sword is not sheathed, right? It's like, yeah, and that's that's a cool detail as well. Yeah, totally. Um, And I love the, the, I don't know, it's not probably technically the texture, but like what the, the feels like the texture of the piece where it's like things look very matted and coarse. I like that as well. Um, Along with everything else you guys were saying. I like the, the, the hint of moonlight in the top right hand corner too. And how yeah. it's like not enough to even light up what's in front of them, though. Like just barely cast a little bit of light in the background. I also well, think about because the visual analysis is something we do with our students a lot, and we tell them to read into everything um, that everything has a purpose. And I think about the fact that you know there are all of these little embers and little you know remnants of the fire flickering up and around you and i'm like why would they do that like why is there so many and it seems to me actually to indicate a very old fire that's been constantly fed with wood and other like little things that make all these particulates has been burning forever been burning for so long that everything is just burnt down to almost ash and you just have to keep feeding it so I really like that as well. Another major, by the way, another major thing in the game, like fire itself actually takes up that, that particular meaning. Um, a fire that's been burning too long. And I'll say no more, oh. but it's, it's so, it's so, it's so good. Um, well, and to your point, thinking about how lettering plays with the, and like the title plays with the a thing here, you mentioned moonlight. I like that the letters actually have like a moony glow to them as well. Oh like yeah. For the, yeah. The Dark Souls yeah. title. Um, with all the little like eclipse circles in it as well. And it plays against the darkness so nicely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ton of cool stuff there. Very nice. Very nice. All right, Ron. My number one. Numero two o. Number No, number one. Or numero two o. Sorry. No, number, numero one o. One o. <laughs> yes, numero one o. Uh, yeah. Also, sticking with the theme, quarantine. Uh, it is a DOS ass game. All my games have either been shooters or some sort of car camp combat. Quarantine is a futuristic uh, driving game, kind of car combat-y for the DOS. So like very rudimentary 3D. Think think like first person, think like Doom driving, sort of. Um, like old school Doom driving. But yeah, you're, it's during like, you know, uh, a pandemic of some sorts. I can't remember. It's far, not far flung future, but... I only play this game a little bit, but I've always been struck by this this cover art for just being super, super minimal and stark. And it's just like, it's a red background with a uh, windshield wiper going across, wiping off the blood that is what is actually making up all that red background. 
uh, with this single little drip coming down to signify that it is blood. Right. Um, I could have done without the dumb tagline underneath it. The driving cam in this town <laughs> is murder. I wish I would just had it say quarantine, but that's yeah. very much the time though. Like yes. it dates it, you know. Yeah, it was ninety ninety one, I think. Uh should have should have remembered. The age of the quip. The age of the quip. <laughs> Driving uh, a cab in this town is murder. Oh, uh, ninety four. Sorry, ninety four. Oh, it's actually also released on three DO. I didn't realize that. Hmm. And PlayStation. Really? Shit. Oh, PlayStation Japan. That's why. But yeah, it was basically a, a, a driving doom, essentially. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's just, it's always been, I, I've always just like been struck by this cover um, just for its simplicity. Yeah. And like we were talking about, like, I, I'm surprised, like, this is so minimal. I've never seen this cover before, but it is just, as you said, incredibly minimal. Um, that looks like a real picture of a wiper blade, doesn't it? It it, it probably is. I mean, 94 ish. They probably didn't do any sort of drawings of it. They probably just took a picture of a, hmm. a windshield wiper and then just added the. I mean, that windshield wiper is probably just sitting on a white background. Right. And they just put right. all the red around it. Yeah, so. that one drop is so perfect, by the way. Yeah. The fact they had the restraint to just add one to like make you. you one, know, and it's not realize. centered. It's off center, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's so smart. It's so good. And it's thick yeah so well thick. that's the thing too yeah it's like it's like perfect like stylized blood where it's yeah it's like that 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 rich red you want it's like so consistent mm-hmm. yeah, it's so good also i have to remember this game for future like you know have you ever do you ever play the alphabet game where you have to go through like video games <laughs> someone says a and then someone says b if someone gets q and gets quake i gotta remember quarantine quarantine <laughs> Uh, um, also, it was also renamed uh, Hard Rock Cab and Death Throttle uh, <laughs> for the PlayStation and Sega Saturn, respectively. No, thanks. <laughs> hard Rock. Hard Rock Cab. Hard Rock Cab. <laughs> rock Hard Cabs. That would have been a much better. That would have been a much better name. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm like, hold on. Now you're selling me on it, Ron. Yeah. That was the Doom guy. Those rock Hard Cab Abs. Anyways. Um, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. I can also see that being a, but it, it makes me think of like a French film for some reason, like some kind of art film. Um, yeah, it does have a very like art. It, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Like this would be like a, the cover of like a Criterion collection, you know, version of a, or, or like those like Ali Moss, like, uh, like redrawings of, uh, covers and stuff like that, or like not Ali Moss, but like. There's a Mad Max Fury Road one. I saw that someone did like a very minimalized version of a of a poster and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just imagine that the artists were like, seriously, like we'll do anything. Can we not have the game lo- or the company logo <laughs> on there? Can we just put that anywhere? Yeah, like, uh, oh, gotta have it. Gotta have it's it. The only thing. Uh, no one's gonna know bad. it's a game tech game if it's not yeah. on there. Game tech. Game tech. Yeah, we're proud of it. all right well my number one is castlevania for the nintendo entertainment system center system from 1986 um i really was convinced there must be an artist for this but i could not find an artist Um, i saw a lot of people saying that it was inspired partly by a painting called the norseman by frank frazetta 
So that apparently pr uh, provided some of the inspiration, particularly for um, Belmont's pose. But I, this was sort of the OG castle on a hill artwork that got me. And this is where I, I realized this as I was making this collection was I remembered how seeing this on the shelf when I was a kid and just, again, NES games and Atari games, a lot of these old school 8-bit games didn't look anything like their covers. And it was a point of frustration, I think, where it was like you'd get mad because you'd see this cover that looked so awesome and so badass, and then you'd play the game and be like, oh, man, that wasn't anything. But there was something about the tone that this cover set with, like, Dracula in the background with these, like, massive teeth um, and, like, his eyes are, like, twinkling and he lays this menacing smile. But he's all darkness and sh and a little bit of light on his eye. kind of reminds me of the Kingdom Hearts cover. Um, and then in front of them, uh, in front of him, this big sort of winding um, land with a castle. And we see, of course, the wonderfully cliche moon with the clouds in front of it um, in the back. And then in the very front, we, we have Simon Belmont, the protagonist, with his iconic whip, um, with his arm out, kind of like getting ready to strike Dracula or like go for him. We see all the bats flying. But yeah, this game, even though the graphics didn't look anything like this, I the tone I think was perfect. I think the tone was was exactly what I felt going into the game was. Everything was kind of dark and spooky, but I was moving into this like more colorful um setting of like this castle with deadly creatures and everything so i love the vibrancy of the uh, of the font too of like the of, of the of the name of the game like this super bright green pink and red mm -hmm. like and it, it, this was on a silver a silver metallic ish background if i remember correctly it wasn't just drab gray i think it was silver ish i think wasn't i can't remember maybe it was just gray Nonetheless, it's still like just super vibrant, super pops. Um, also, Simon Belmont has some thick thighs. Oh, Ooh, yeah. thick! And you can yeah. almost see his ass. Yeah, almost, not quite, but <laughs> just look at the deviant if you want that. Right? More like Asylvania. Oh. <laughs> um, but even even the licensed by Nintendo for play on the Nintendo Entertainment System is on like a red scroll. They couldn't get away from the Nintendo seal of quality that had to be you know gold and kind of you know but like even that red little scroll with the nes logo on it, i think was was really cool yeah agreed no i, I love this i the castlevania games were definitely i i didn't include them because i don't have as much of a connection to like the games themselves but like they're yeah the cover for castlevania has always been fucking awesome yeah, there were a bunch of them that I had considered, and I was like, but really, it's that first one that I always think of when I think of, like, a Castlevania cover or, like, a cover that's titillating and intriguing to me. Um, More like yeah, assolating. Oh, assolating. Because <laughs> you can see his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, do we have time for runners-up? I feel like we're already running pretty long. Yeah, let's let's, um, let's save them for another time. How's that? Yeah, yeah, we'll have another episode. We'll do another five each. Um, as I mentioned, I'm going to share the links to these images in the show notes. So if you haven't already Googled them um, and you haven't already checked them out and you would like to, go ahead and check them out there. 
uh outside of that any any closing remarks anyone or are we are we good to wrap up i think we're good to wrap up let's do it all right well thank you for listening um we've been having a great time recently next week we're playing another fun game question mark i don't know if it's a game technically but we're going to be doing a draft of sorts where we look ahead at the the games that we um are well maybe not looking forward to but like the games that are coming out this year that are going to probably potentially be big hits and we are going to do sort of a fantasy football kind of draft where we pick games that we think are going to perform well and we'll form a team of these games and then we won't check in again until the end of the year and we'll look at the meta score and see who won basically whose games got the most points from from their meta score so uh i don't know how to i think it's a fun exercise it's gonna be a fun game but like it's kind of weird to be like we we set the game up and now check back in fucking 11 months and see <laughs> to see who won but like, i think like ron papil set it and forget it yeah what yeah, do yeah. we what do we do too if like the games don't actually come out end up coming out this year <laughs> like for some like that's the TBA ones. 30 lashes that's injury yeah, no, that, that would <laughs> oh, okay. be like that's like an injury. Okay. Like All you right. just lose out, no points. Sorry. All right. Um, so yeah, we'll have to be conscious of that. So if we pick a game that's like scheduled for like you know, uh, goddamn, what's the name? Um, Starfield is like a game where some people are like it's going to be pushed back. So we'll see. I don't know, um, but I think it'll be fun. We're doing that next week. Uh, outside of that again thank you for listening you can find us on social media you can email us at prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com if you have art video game art that you want us to to talk about we would love to do that to check it out um send us a picture or we'll we'll find it uh you can find us on social media i'm on twitter at losperman ron is on twitter at big bad ron and on instagram at not big bad ron and handsome boy frank for his beautiful mischievous little kitties and Paul, did you have something? Or you had something you wanted to yeah, mention? Yeah, so one of the greatest uh, tragedies um, is uh, we spent today celebrating, you know, great video game box art, but because it was only a digital release, Thronebreaker, developed oh, by CD hey. Project Red, um, tragically doesn't have any box art. So what I say to all of you listening, go out, play Thronebreaker, <laughs> design your own box art, send it in, and we will celebrate um, your crowning achievement. I'm sure in life by discussing it on air and devoting a 38 episode series to Thronebreaker. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. If you send us our of Thronebreaker, I will legitimately print it out and put it on my fridge. I don't care what it looks like. It's going right on the fridge. <laughs> it's going right on the fridge. I think Schmall might be <laughs> writing in again. <laughs> oh, I want to see Schmall's art skills. I think that'll be that'll be fun. But yeah, check out Thronebreaker, uh, check us out on social media, send us an email, and we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Joey's mama is so fat. What? <laughs>